Sand pine. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 8th of March 2015. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Robert Kemp. Correctly seated. And Zachary Burgess. I'm ill. <laughs> never do, never die. <laughs> you, don't, you don't seem at all ill. You seem perfectly fine. I'm not sure. You don't even seem like down in the dumps or anything. <laughs> I'm tired and dizzy. Dizzy? Yes. Not re- not that bad, but it gets worse if I have to leave suddenly. It's like if I stand up and then realise that I'm because I've been sitting down and I haven't noticed, then when? I'm like, oh, <laughs> time to go. When do you ever have to leave here suddenly, though? <laughs> like, when I have to leave suddenly, I get ill. That's not what I said. <laughs> it sounded a bit like that's what was implied. You I said, when dizzy. I have to leave suddenly, maybe tonight. That was like a warning. Okay. You'll suddenly get dizzy? Yes, I'll suddenly stand up and realise that because I've been sitting down and not moving, I have noticed that it's been getting worse. But you know what the solution is? Never move. It's not that easy. <laughs> you do it better than most, yeah. to be fair. That is the best thing about being a sort of like a an ill gamer in a way, because you just get ill, you don't move, you play games, and the world is normal. <laughs> I'm an ill gamer. Ill gamer, it's yeah. It's time to get ill. Word. There's <laughs> not been. Has there ever been, apart from Parappa the Rapper, a good ill video game? <laughs> what game to play when you're ill? There's loads. Well, no, no, not game to play when you're ill, but like games, games that about Ill-in. either about illness or is, or is well ill. <laughs> <laughs> no one has ever said well ill. <laughs> There's some ill in games, I'm sure, but I don't know about games about being ill. Which which one is it in Prapper that is about being sick? The one where they eat the thing and then he has to go shit. <laughs> there's, there's the toilet level, yeah. <laughs> that's the last level, isn't it? We have to get past the queue of all the. No, it's not the last characters. level. That's the fifth of six. Oh, penultimate. Okay. Because the last level is the epic. You gotta believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stage performance. Which is the crappiest level. Yep. <laughs> which is saying something, given that the last level was about crap. <laughs> crap of the rapper. <laughs> Rapper. It was a good game. Groundbreaking. <laughs> Made rhythm games a thing. Speaking of rhythm games, they might be going, might be going back! Sort of. Yeah, rhythm games are kind of returning, guys. Really? Like, with their endless libraries. Well, because you know, there was that news a few, few like a month ago now, wasn't it, where... Uh, harmonics were experimenting with releasing Rock Band 3 DLC again. Right, yeah. And they've got a few new tracks, right? Yeah, I think it was like new new Foo Fighter stuff, wasn't it? It was on. God damn it was all included. And now, and now it turns out Rock Band 4 is a thing. Oh, yeah. But they have the biggest problem to solve, which is all the peripheral jank. Like, what the hell is going to happen with all that stuff? Like, presumably some of it they'll uh, they'll make work. But I don't know. I, I would expect none of the wireless stuff will still function. But they're going to make all the old songs work, right? All the yeah, DLC all them, carries right? over. You'd, you'd think. Yeah. Well, I mean, depends if they have a license. There is that. There is whether or not they have to. Because that was the reason why you had to when you moved from Rock Band One to Two. If you want to keep all your Rock Band One songs and rip them to the hard disk, there was a license fee to pay to do that. Um, that was the only re- only way that I think they could agree with the music companies or the record labels to actually allow them to do that. That in our men. Hmm. So you had basically had to 
pay to keep what you already had and make it convenient, I guess, which is a bit weird. But then that might have changed, I guess, with Rock Band Network. Anything you DLC'd is probably okay, because you've already bought the license to that yourself, probably. Probably. I don't know how the legals work out, but it sounds promising, Hmm. I would say. I just don't want to have to buy four more bits of musical instrument. No, well, you shouldn't have to. I'm sure they'll find some way to interface that stuff. Yeah, I don't think I... Well, we had a couple of wireless things, I think, but between all of us, but uh, most of it was wired. Yeah, I think I had a 360 Guitar Hero wireless guitar, but that probably doesn't work with Rock Band, does it? Uh, yeah, they all worked with each other. Right, a Guitar Hero with, with the even, even Guitar Hero would let you use the Rock Band drums, even though the Guitar Hero drum tracks were normally five button, Yeah, and Rock Band is only four, they did something to allow you to... To do it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Because they got, and they got to the point where they were just stacked up in uh, in in shops, and they were trying to offload them for whatever they could, yeah, yeah. like ten tenner or something for like giant kit. Of... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I did. I think I saw the. I, I, I did see a ridiculous bundle for about twenty quid once. I think they had both the drum kit and a guitar in it, and a copy of Rock Band Three. Yeah, and it's like they just retailers just wanted to get rid of that shit. Just at went one to point. shift it because it was taking up so much space. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I probably wouldn't mind buying a new guitar at this point. Plastic guitar. <laughs> never still, mind real guitars. <laughs> all of ours still work though. We've never broken one. Yeah, I still prefer the Guitar Hero ones to the uh, to the Rock Band ones. Just on the on the click, the clicky strummers. Yeah, I preferred them. But um, yeah, I've probably still got my Les Paul from Guitar Hero Three that probably still work. Hmm. Yeah, I never really minded which which guitar really. Mm. They, they, they all worked, as far as I was concerned. And I was always the one drumming, it seemed, anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, you were the drum master. <laughs> My feet don't do what I tell them. That's true of all walks of life. <laughs> all walks? What did you do there? Something to do with feet and walking? Yeah. Is, uh, it, is that a pun, walks. technically? Is that a pun? Zach? Or is it just appalling wordplay? Probably. Insightful. <laughs> Insightful. Incisive insight. So rock burn for stuff happens. Why do we go straight into news? Because you... <laughs> because we're talking because you're we're talking about Prime for the Rapper, that's why. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> just like, really games. To, let's roll it back to dumb shit. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Gonna get our dumb shit out of the way. We can talk about what we did this week. <laughs> Can we? Can yeah, we? well, I did a lot of crazy shit this week. Yeah, I you did. Rob's had a good week. The Dublin and everything. I've had Guinness and pizza and smoking bones. <laughs> Surprise. And doubling up. Yeah. I dub- doubled down. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. Yeah, I had all kinds of stuff. And, of course, the, the most gaming-related thing... Well, it's the most gaming-related thing we did. Or the second most gaming thing I did... Noam <laughs> found the only pinball table in Dublin. The only one in Dublin? Apparently, yeah. What do you mean, apparently? There must well, be some. Th- there are like, oh no, because finding one in the wild is really rare. Uh, it's like right. a private, they're almost all privately owned now. Yeah, that's um, true. I mean, yeah. I know of a bar in London that has pinball tables. Yeah. The pipeline. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's, there's this one place, I think it was called Dr. Quirky's 
Fun Emporium or something, which is basically it's a shit show. It's like all gambling machines. Apart from this one pinball table, which was a Metallica table. It doesn't seem like they should actually be that rare, considering there was yeah. one or two in the, in the fucking bowling alley literally across the street from your house in the yeah. tiny town in the middle of Suffolk for years. Yeah, there used to be, there used to be a family guy machine. Yeah, yeah across, across the road. Bowling alleys would be the place you'd probably find them. The classic place. It's just because they uh, they went out of favour with amusement places because they are just a nightmare to keep running. Right. Like, it's very rare that you come across a table that hasn't got a fault of some kind. Like, even this Metallica table, even though it was in pretty damn good nick, one of the drop holes just didn't function in terms of telling the game what that you made the shot. All the mechanics still worked. So you'd shoot it in the in the shot, and it would still know that the ball was there and fire it back out. Mm-hmm. But the game was never told that that had happened. Uh, and unfortunately, that was the extra ball shot. Oh. So it's like, oh, goddamn, I can never score these extra balls I've got lined up. Ah. But that, that table was like incredibly generous with replays, so it didn't really matter that much. I was just earning a special pretty much every game. Which is cool. Gets to make that horrible clacker noise. Pork! And it's like, here, have some credits. Love that noise. It's such a weird... I don't even know how they do it. It's, there must be a, it's a mechanical clacker of some kind in tables, but it's, it doesn't just get like sound like two things slapping together. It makes like a proper sort of wood blocky hollow tock noise or like a bop it's incredibly loudly hmm. what's awesome yeah don't know how that's done maybe we can find one in pieces yeah let's see what's actually Bonk. hitting what I'm sure I could just look it up but you know it's a cool noise so we did that pinballs and then I spent most of my Friday at the heart of gaming in London it's just like the only arcade left ever. The beating heart of gaming in the ugliest part of London I've ever seen. And I'm saying something. <laughs> it's in a bit of a crap hole part of London. Yes. But... Well, was it North Acton, right? North on the, Acton. On the central yes. line, so you just get on there from anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much in the centre. Yeah. Come yeah. out to a horrible industrial estate full of security gates. and Got my time process too on. Second love that game. So good. How many times did you play through in Time Crisis? I saw you we, play through it once. That was cool. Yeah, we played it about oh, well, two and a half times, I think, well, while we were there um, in total. I dread to think how many times I've played it through to the end overall. Because mm. I had the PS2 version. Oh, yeah. Got played right. that all the goddamn time. Man, the guns for that were really weird, the PS2. The G-Con 2. Yeah, the G-Con, G-Con 2. 2 was awesome. It wasn't as good as the G-Con. <laughs> It was just as good. In fairness, I actually didn't use G-Con 2s. I had G-Cons, and they still worked. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a moot point. Moot. Moot. Go back and play some... Oh, I'd, I'd like to go back and play some Point Blank or something at some point. You used to love that game as well. It was so crazy. Oh, yeah, Point Blank. That that actually came bundled with the G-Con, didn't it? Or did the, they both... There, there did, was what? Yeah, they both they, did, I think they did bundles for... Because I had Time Crisis 1 on the PS1. Yeah. That had the G-Con. Yeah, I had both Time Crisis 2 and 3 on the PS2. But 2 was the, the essential one, because 2 was the, the, it was, it's like one of the earliest examples of a remake that it actually redid the entire graphics of the game. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? That was it quite was, a it was, proper it was remaster. A, yeah, it was a real good... They did a really good job of it. So who made those games again? Namco. Namco. Yeah, that makes sense. It actually had a pretty cool clay pigeon shooting game bundled in as well. Like, it was quite... 
Uh, quite technical, quite precise. Mm. Uh, a very, quite a well-made thing. It was a good package. TC2. It's just you could never play it again. So I think people have had some success with using PS2 emulators mm. and light gun setups for PC. Right. Um, which are somewhat awkward because you need to rig up sensor rigs and stuff <laughs> to get them to work. Um, but I've heard you can... There are, there are plugins and things you can do to get that kind of working. So if you have a copy, it might be worth investigating. But mm. I've never been able to find somewhere that will sell light guns for PC in the UK or to the UK. Like it just doesn't. They just don't exist. Bring back the light guns, bitches. I mean, this is the weird thing. I find it like that was all, like as much as I like the the idea of arcades, and I still like the idea of everyone going to this place and having like actually seeing people face-to-face rather than online bullshit. It's like... It's like Most of the arcades that everyone has are ones with a joystick and like, reg- like traditional controls, I suppose, is what you'd call it. Yeah, it's like fighting stick. Which to me, yeah, surely one of the, the, the advantages of having an arcade is the, the, the gimmick control schemes, right? Yeah, do like what light you like. Guns, like, yeah. like racing games. Like, um, yeah, but the trouble with that is they're always gigantic. <laughs> that is true, yeah. And they see a lot of space on not as many people, and they are probably probably <coughs> difficult to maintain because they're not like a standard, you know, like the Naomi board, like a lot of things run on for it, like all, all the Sega stuff used to run on. Like you can't just swap the game out and run it on the same effectively console underneath. You don't need to worry about light guns because spoilers for news, but soon you'll be holding a convenient controller that basically works like a light gun because it can detect where it is and what direction it's pointing. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers haven't, for news. Haven't they done that a million times? That's the move controller, right? <laughs> yes, but it'll be on PC, is what I was saying. But so as soon as someone actually... gets that to work with PC, then maybe the light gun problem is solved. But is it going to have the accuracy of like pointing like along an axis, like, to hit a well, that's surface. What does you to have suggest. to calibrate it. Are we still spoiling for news here? This is news. I yeah, mean, there's no random. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are we doing? Talking about Valve's VR. Oh, and that... No, the, but the stupid video I saw was Morpheus with move controllers, wasn't it? No, Valve's VR that they just announced at GDC on the third. V, the Vive thing. Re-Vive. <laughs> sure, but that's got nothing that's to That's got do two with... controllers that have sensors all over them that work on the same sensor field as the as the oh, eye goggles side of the goggles, right? Oh, that yeah. I didn't see. Because um, that, that scans the whole room, right? Yeah. It? Yeah. Because I've seen a, the counter like shot that's been floating. The one that seems to have been doing more rounds, if you ask me, is the one of someone wearing a Morpheus holding two move controllers. Yeah, but that's... Yeah, that's basically what it's doing, yeah. except better. Because it's, it does look a bit weird though. Because it's like you have a sort of handle grip controller type thing, like a move controller. Except at the end, where there would normally be a ball on the move controller, mm. there's like a giant sort of hexagon that's like really big. It's like wider than your hand no, really? because it has to have a full set, set of, of those sensors on it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, right. So the actual the sensor is, are are on the thing you're holding, not on. Yeah, because that's the whole both, that's right? the whole point of that valve system is because it's it's the opposite of how move works. It's, the cameras are on the goggles and the controller rather than the camera looking at the goggles and the controller. That's the difference. Because basically, you just stick a laser thing in the corner of your room and it sprays the room with lasers, infrared lasers. Probably not compatible with Connect. Don't have them on at the same time. <laughs> see, so that's how the valve shit works. Isn't yeah. It? Immediately turned off by that. I think right. that sounds fantastic. Yeah. That's that so much like, better. That sounds like the worst solution because that means you're going to have to mount something in the fucking corner of your room. 
big fucking whoop. But I mean, it's like having to drill a mount in the corner of your ceiling just for... <laughs> it's a, probably not... And a, run a cable somewhere. And it depends whether it's wireless, I suppose. That sounds horrible. No, no. And it, no but that's not... Though you wouldn't have to wire those because those are just transmitting the laser light. Yeah. And it's you carrying... power. Yeah, it could be battery-powered. Depends how much power output it requires. That sounds wildly inconvenient. Barely inconvenient. You're just obsessed with wires. That's <laughs> your big problem. Uh, you say that. I just ran more cables around the room recently. It's like, I don't have a problem with cables <laughs> as long as they're accessible and convenient to set up. Like, well, okay, yes, I would rather that I had less of them, but... So what's the difference? Because you have to wire up the PlayStation I or whatever it is. Yes, but it's sat right there. I don't well, have to I... run a cable up the wall and mount something to my ceiling. I can just sit an eye on the telly. Well, arguably, arguably with the valve thing... If you don't want to use the capability of being able to walk around your room, you probably could put them actually quite close to you, just maybe, as they're yeah. off on probably opposite sides. Probably put it wherever, right? Pretty much. Uh, yeah, if, I mean, if it could sit where the connect is, fine. For instance, need, that, that, that's absolutely I think the problem is you do need okay. two of them. Right. It's like you need one in front and one behind. So when you turn around, it doesn't obscure the... Well, uh, <laughs> line of sight. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 don't, I don't doubt that that probably creates an easier way of doing the detection. For instance, I, 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 that must mean that it's somewhat easier for them to track, right? Because they're having to create this more complicated field and more coverage means better results. That's why people back in the original Connect days were hacking solutions with multiple Connects to get a sort of true 3D view of things. From... Yeah, people still do that, right? Oh, yeah, people still muck around with that shit, yeah. Um, but for like, unless you're going to go to the effort, as I say, of mounting these things in the proper locations, having some way of doing it, I see that as being a real turn-off. Because, you know, not many, I guess the majority of the gaming market doesn't put their stuff in a ma- in a nice big room like I have. Or... Well, the thing is, they keep saying that, like, you can set this up to in opposite corners of a 15 by 15 foot room and then walk around in the room. It's like, think about this room... How much actual floor space out of a 15 by 15 foot room could you actually, actually walk around walk in? Like, yeah. five foot square. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that, and then, well, that is one of the major problems with connectors, it stands, isn't it? You, yeah. you need more space than most people have. But at least in this Valve system, they they say it like, it, you, 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 it basically virtually puts the obstructions of your room into the world. So, like, when you're walking towards a wall, an, an invisible ghost of a wall phases into the game. So oh, that's, that's, that's smart. <laughs> that, that, that's actually quite smart. I presume that will also work for s- small things like tables, mm. hopefully. <laughs> it won't just be... Or, or that could just project a wall and have that represent the table so yeah. it knows what percentage of the floor coverage it is. So the corollary to this is if they're going to be doing like stuff where you're inside a room or something, is that Microsoft came out and said HoloLens is going to be have X-Bone capabilities mm-hmm. and that there will be games developed with HoloLens in mind. Uh, whether that means they'll go whole hog and make just straight up HoloLens games, I probably doubt, because you know that's how peripherals always work, right? But at the same time, uh, depending on how good their holography is, like how much of your v- vision those things could take over, they could achieve a similar effect, right? It's like, oh, here's a wall. Well, I think um, it's fairly. Safe. <laughs> you can see it. Don't walk into it. Right. I think it's fairly <laughs> safe to say that if. Um, quite a long time in the early games of these these VR systems, there's not going to be any walking around. 
Because that's just yeah, I don't, that's, I don't, I don't, that just doesn't actually work until you just have a room that's only for your VR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need, you, you need to make sure, and you know how much are you going to trust it to say, "Oh, there's a there's a tiny object on the floor that you're going to stand on, and it's going to detect that and warn you about it." You know, anyone with kids will probably be like, "Hey, there's a micro machine or whatever the current small toll <laughs> toy is." Kids to stand on a micro machine. I think that's going to happen regardless of whether you have it detected by VR. <laughs> Yeah, but you, would, you wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> How often are you looking at the floor most of the time? <laughs> That's a good point, but, you know, you'd see it from afar as you walked in that general direction, maybe. Peripheral. I don't know. <laughs> the other question that comes out of all this is, do the do Oculus really need to get their bloody skates on at this point? Well, Valve want to release this thing this, this year. year. Yeah. So, apparently. Yeah. Which then begs the other question... Well, how did they, these guys do stuff so fast? And, you know, hands-on impressions have come away pretty positive. Whereas Oculus are taking so goddamn long to do this. Like, is there something about the Oculus that requires this time? Which doesn't seem like Oculus has said anything that they're doing recently. It's just like, they might have been doing a lot of work, we just don't know. Because yeah. there doesn't seem to have been any news coming out of it. Yeah. yeah. Is all the low-latency stuff, like in Oculus that isn't in these other ones and these other ones are just all like, yeah, whatever. It just seems that we'll, we'll just crap something out and get to the market first, whereas Oculus are being super, uh, you know, the Carmack effect. They're being super picky about that stuff. It's done when it's done. Yeah. It's it's, it's an interesting question. It's They've like, got the Facebook well, resources now, anyway. Well, you'd think that after they spent like two billion, they probably want to <laughs> start making money on it at some point. Well, no, not always. <laughs> No, people like Google and Facebook tend to acquire companies and not not planning on making money out mm. of them for a long time, especially when they're like, you know, just like research projects. Yeah, when it's when it's too early. Well, they don't want to fall into the classic Microsoft area, which is Microsoft often are often innovate in technology space, but they innovate and put something out, which then fails miserably because the tech it's not quite there yet and public acceptance doesn't quite work. Like, you remember the Courier? The Courier is a good example. It was basically the first um, modern tablet-y sort of design. Admittedly, it was a book with, like, two screens and stuff, but it predates the iPad um, and stuff like that. And so, they, you know, they, they, they didn't actually put that out because they didn't think people were accepting of it. And then Apple were like, oh, hey, here's the iPad. Mm. Or alternatives, like, technically the first smartwatch was by Microsoft years ago. Yeah. Yeah, they do have a tendency to do that. But I think they'll they'll get I think they'll do right by the HoloLens, but it's just different because it's AR, most definitely AR rather than VR. I know they're quite similar, but but it's they're pitching it slightly differently, I think, to to I would say that Morpheus and Oculus and stuff are competing in the same yes, definitely definitely. The same space. Whereas HoloLens is HoloLens is trying something different. different. Yeah. It, but we don't know if it has the capability, the same capabilities, though. That's what I mean. I wonder if. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if it... you can block out the real world with the Hololens, though. I don't think they want you to be able to block it out. I think they want to augment reality. But then that depends. But then surely, if you're displaying stuff, then you need to be able to block stuff out anyway, unless it's going to be translucent the entire time. In which size, I'm not entirely interested. I don't want translucent objects appearing everywhere. Right. I want the object appearing. Yeah. Sure. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I guess it has to be able to block out. But, yeah. It might not. I mean, I, I fully believe that it might be translucent, but that's not the ideal, surely. Yeah. 
Especially if that Minecraft image yeah. they showed is anything to go by. Well, they, they seem to be demoing like the surface of Mars or something. So that's a yeah. bit more VR like than 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 AR like. So yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, if it is VR like, then Hololens obviously has the advantage of they can just go transparent, which yeah. the others then can't. <laughs> exactly. That but is it's... probably a big difference. Yeah, a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's it's incredibly interesting. Don't get me wrong, and like and I think as soon as someone lands on at least a way where I can wear a headset, hold a controller, and you know just game in VR, I don't care about all this fucking moving around bullshit. As long as I can just look around mm. <coughs> with a controller in my hands, I am more than happy. So it seems from this that this Vive thing is definitely more about walking around than the others yeah. like moving around the environment because mm. it has the because of the way those sensors work because it's not a single field of view camera yeah because it has the full room coverage it can actually do it which is sort of cool i like that they're doing something slightly different oh yeah yeah it's interesting because it is a bit weird like with the you are kind of stuck in one place sort of it might be one of those things that would be best used as a sort of exhibition tool rather than a home device possibly you know you could go somewhere where or arcade yeah uh, that's yeah. specifically made I mean, it, spaces it, it, for specifically yeah. made games you know because it's cl- a lot closer to a holodeck than than the oculus yes because it tracks you and the other people wearing similar outfits within the space between the two lighthouse sensor things. yeah yeah so uh, because it's really i mean we we know that playing an fps with the oculus and like moving with the control stick is really weird and even with those infinite treadmill things which are really insane mm. it's still not quite right whereas with this thing it's literally tracking your actual position as you literally move right yeah that's got to feel more natural sure but then there's going to be and then you run out of space yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is exactly what we're saying but i still think it sounds cool can't walk indefinitely no. yeah it would be good within the limited space that you know within the obvious limitations that this thing introduces yeah but as i say i think it's going to require designated spaces in which to correctly use this. I don't think the home user is really going to benefit from all this. Possibly not. Um, Still, very interesting. Maybe we'll move back to a sort of arcade thing where everyone goes somewhere and plugs in. We should be able to have like... Holodeck. Because like with the holodeck in Star Trek, you you have to actually physically go to the holodeck. You can't just use it in your room. Yeah, there's something about the room that does all the fancy stuff. It's a big fucking room as well. Well, yeah, but then how do they manage to run out of space? I, I, yeah. That's not what I yeah. actually yeah. know. Yeah. It's, one of, it's one of those... Yeah, it's it's one just of the those. whole floor, just a giant omnidirectional treadmill that, like, follows individual people somehow. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they've had adventures where they've got split up on the holodeck, like, in... And they must have been walled into two separate parts of the holodeck <laughs> so that they could be individually tracked. Yeah. So that they could be miles apart from each other in the space of wherever they are, 20th century Earth or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember those. I only ever remember the ones where they're like stuck in a room or something. Or wasn't there a Robin Hood one? Well, yeah, yeah. Did they get separated in that one? Mm, probably by far enough that it would yeah. have been larger than whatever room they're room in. They're in. Yeah. Did they get on horses? Because how would the holodeck model yeah. that? Maybe holodecks like that just don't. Maybe they're... they would need hard light, right? To get any of this to work. Well, yeah, well, all they of do the holodeck is hard light. That's yeah. the whole point of the holodeck. You can touch things. You can get shot. Yeah, you can die. Every turn off the safety protocol, (laughs) as you always do, which inevitably (laughs) happens every single time. Uh, Maybe the holodeck is just like a teleporter. It's like you don't actually notice it happening, but like after you walk a certain distance, it just teleports you back to the start of the room again. (laughs) But it takes time, doesn't it? All the beaming takes time. Maybe. Mm. Or maybe it's like replicating under your 
feet or something or maybe the room is like maybe it's like a sphere and then because obviously they already have artificial gravity so you can just walk infinitely around this yeah yeah that's a great idea that's a good idea yeah it'd have to be big enough so you didn't notice the incline properly but then you'd you'd have to rotate if you needed to leave you'd be like end program and it'd be like quick rotate you back (laughs) so you could walk out then it could teleport you yeah okay fair enough (laughs) yeah so I suppose the other detail with this Valve VR stuff is unlike the others, they're not technically tied to HTC. HTC are just the the partner, the partner that has come out first. Yeah. Similar to Steam Machines. Yeah, it's the same same deal. Which is cool. In that Valve VR will be a library, effectively, and people can choose to integrate. So we may see even better stuff, even weird and well, or perhaps stuff that doesn't use all this crazy room laser stuff. Maybe Oculus will just say, oh shit, we're going to need to make a Valve VR plug-in for this now. Mm. It seems like, it just seems like the idea of the room covering laser method would have been the more obvious solution for Carmack's obsession over timing and everything. Because yeah. like, it, the way they describe the Valve system, it's like, it seems fairly obvious that that's incredibly more accurate for head tracking. Yeah. Even just head tracking. Even mm. that, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I wonder what the Carmack will do. <laughs> I mean, because they've been kind of... The Oculus was kind of, I mean, even in the original Kickstarter video for Oculus, like Gabe Newell was appearing in that and stuff. Mm. Valve has always supported Oculus. Like, was, TF2 was one of the first games you could mm. play on Oculus and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Which is what makes this move feel a little dickish. I don't think so. <laughs> You've got to just make the best product, haven't you? Valve got bored of waiting for it to come out. <laughs> They're just like, fuck, we'll make our own run. Yeah, great. <laughs> make it. And also, maybe it wasn't going in quite the direction they were thinking, and they were like, oh, we can do this crazy <laughs> crazy laser shit. Let's just do it. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, it, for, the, for the living room, which is Valve's focus, it seems like the worst way to do it, but never mind. In other Valve news, Valve. It's a company. Yep. It's still available. Located in Bellevue, Washington. They might be doing something interesting that is not VR and weird. Source 2. Source How two. long has it been? But Source 2. Source 2, and it's free. And they only announced that like two weeks after Unreal announced that they were free. Yeah. So it's all free. Everything's free. Engines are going free, people. Unreal Engine is free. Which is pretty cool. Well, I reckon it'll be a... Uh, maybe not with Source 2, but Unreal Engine might have the similar deal as what Unity always has, and that it's always free to develop against. But the moment you go commercial, stuff kicks in. Yeah, that's what they have. Yeah, yeah that's the, it. What's the deal? What, even with Source 2? No. No, with, Source 2 with, is totally with Unreal. Yeah, with Unreal. Source 2 yeah. is totally free. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the difference, I guess. But I reckon Unreal probably has more mature development tool. even though the sort of the, the focus for source two is on like make it easier to develop for even for non professionals. Yeah. I reckon Unreal are probably gotta be ahead there. Yeah. And I kinda of would think well, maybe not in that space, but I kinda of help but think that source two just isn't going to be and this is very speculative, but I think it's highly unlikely it'll be up to the technical chops of a new Unreal Engine. Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, they managed to make quite quite disparate, different games with it, like Dota and yeah, sure, but none of them are doing 
No, I'm not saying they're doing the fanciest graphics. No. no, I mean the fanciest graphics. I mean we'll have to see because I think the most interesting news for me was the the the, the, the way they're talking about supporting the Vulcan graphics technology, the yes. OpenGL Next yeah, stuff. That stuff is cool because that's the stuff they need in order to they need to like catch up to and surpass potentially stuff like DirectX in order to make Steam machines and Steam OS and the future of yeah. PC gaming viable without Microsoft or any other. Yeah party multi-platform needs to be a thing yeah and it needs to be a thing correctly and vulcan might be the only good way of doing it yeah so um, if they can support that and get that's always been an issue for me it's like the graphics drivers pretty much yeah like you just can't run games on linux and have them look like they do on windows because of DirectX. yep Although, you know, OpenGL, a lot of OpenGL stuff isn't that far off. No, but this is just it, isn't it? Yeah. That's what Vulkan is. It's the next OpenGL or whatever. So it's going to have kind of more, potentially, even than than you can do on console because you can iterate faster. That's a big assumption. Well, it's definitely true. And iterate faster provided then all the graphics people can make their drivers work with it. Yeah, but they can iterate faster and than the developers the consoles can, can as well. Because Vulkan... Again, kinda. They've got much more to deal with. Like a, a graphics card manufacturer will have like ten cards they need to support at any one time, and getting yeah. it to run across all ten, yeah, possibly not as fast as you expect. Yeah, but they can. They don't. Whereas have a to... console, if they had Vulcan on consoles, they'd be like, "Oh, we've got one device we need to make work." Problem solved. Probably it's out. the same with graphics cards now that like they they had they're supporting a, a range of ten or whatever, but only the latest ones have the latest DirectX version working or whatever. They say supports eleven C or whatever. Oh, you did. There's so you a buffer zone, but it's term. quite a large buffer zone. Yeah, they're like they they still go back as far as the seven hundred series. I think. Sure. So you know, mine's dropped off the regular updates. I think for like. Oh really? Yeah, I think the six hundred series. They do. They don't get. The major, like, oh, you need this driver to make this game work totally well anymore. Right. I think that's, oh, that's that. pretty much just stopped. Right, fair enough. Um, yeah. But, like, compared to the console lifecycle of, like, seven years or whatever it is. Although they do have firmware updates on those. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like if, not if as the, fast. If it, yeah, if a console supported Vulkan, then that'd be one thing you'd need to fix, you know? Yeah, exactly. I guess that's what they want with these Steam yeah, games, right? Exactly. They want them to be like console-like. Exactly. I'm just uh, uh, my point is, I don't think that's an argument for it. Things being faster to cycle. I just, yeah, I don't, there's two. That's the one problem with multi-platform development is that you end up with all these arms that come off it and make you know, assuming that all of the arms are going to run in sequence with what's happening in the middle. Sure, the middle might update real frequently, but then you're relying on a million other people to then make sure that everything around the outside is in sync. Yeah, I don't and think... that doesn't happen. It won't be kept in sync. There's no way. Yeah, so... Rapidly... That's the way the PC platform is. It's massively fragmented, isn't it? In comparison yeah. to consoles, which are... Exactly. Like... So that will always be a problem, and therefore turnaround times are... unpredictable. Unless you set them to be... It, but, the then <laughs> but, but then the reg, the other guys don't have to adhere to those, do they? No, it's exactly. Like, it, it, that's what I mean. There's no guarantee. Zero guarantee. But th- this isn't taken away from the fact it's cool stuff. Yeah, I think that's the future, some of that stuff. But, I, you know, I mean, who knows? The next DirectX comes with Windows 10, I guess. It might have some ultra insane stuff that will just crush the... the PS4, etc. When you were running <laughs> PC games and yeah. the Xbox One as well. Yeah, let's, just... let's see what happens with that. 
I might have been wrong about TX12 counter explain. I tried yeah. looking it up and I couldn't find a lot. Well, they've only got um, they've got less graphics memory than the the PS4, haven't they? Plus, plus you kind of have to make architectural changes, just as you're saying just now, in order to keep up with this stuff that you on graphics hardware. Sure, but Microsoft have one thing they need to worry about. It's a different problem. Microsoft don't do that stuff, do they? They only ever have one device they need to actually make work with DX, and that's their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> NVIDIA's an ATI's problem. Yeah, yeah, sure. So if they if they would do it, if I, I don't think they will do it, um, actually, because obviously they would have said something. Yeah. Something a bit more concrete by now. Because it would be kind of a boon. Yeah, it'd be a massive deal. But maybe there's precisely something that the X-Bone doesn't have that makes DX12 impossible. I don't know. We'll never know. The, it's not like the PS4 will have it either. No, no. Because <laughs> they're virtually the same. Yeah. We will never know. Stuff! Uh, so, yeah. A whole heap more Steam machines coming, which they are claiming will be more powerful than existing consoles for the price. For the same price as a console. Yeah. It's probably again, true around now. Maybe. May, again, maybe. Because um, you won't get the efficiencies of developing for that single platform, so yeah. it'll probably even out to about the same, I would say. Yeah, for the for the price range. For the price, but, yeah. but they did ramp up significantly. You could get monster boxes. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know why. I still don't know why you wouldn't just deal boot a like a. Yeah. It's just a PC at that point, isn't it? It's like it seems a bit extravagant, doesn't it, to have a Steam machine, like when you've got a perfectly decent if if you have a perfectly decent other PC. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so they've. Solved that gap, though, for their living room takeover plan with a little box, haven't they? Steam Link. But, again, always lots of ifs and buts that we need that we don't, just don't know about. If it's anything like the current state of Steam streaming, mm-hmm. um, enough people have concerns about the latency that that introduces. To... I, when I tried it, like I said on the podcast, it was perfectly fine. And mean, considering but... how shitty... I was running it for a shitty BT Ho-Hub 2 or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> it was perfectly alright. And I was like, and then people were talking about, oh, there's this massive input lag, and I'm like, what? Seems uh, fine to me. Yeah, was a perception differs per person. Uh, you know, for some it will be absolutely fine. And... I don't think Zach has. I think Zach has a lot of sensitivity to input lag compared yeah. to most people. I don't have as much sensitivity to graphics lag like Rob does. <laughs> <laughs> and I was testing it on Rogue Legacy. If that's not a game where you can detect input lag, <laughs> yeah. then what, what the fuck is? is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, where, where were you streaming? Where were you? What was your? Where were you streaming from? Where to where? Though? From my bedroom to the Mac downstairs. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, that is technically quite a short distance in like direct. Li- it's not like to the front room. <laughs> no, sure, but that, that's enough. That's enough for to prove the point. No, interesting. Do you think you'll get one to attach to the front room? How much are they? No. Like thirty, forty quid or something? No one. It's, it's like dollars. Uh, if yeah, there was, they said fifty dollars. Yeah. If there was any reason to play games on on an actual TV compared to just sitting in my at my actual computer, it's like my use purpose is no. There's no use purpose no, <laughs> for that. <true. laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I think it's pretty cool. Big picture yeah. mode is pretty nice. So yeah, yeah, big picture mode is cool. As, as, as I'm experiencing now that I've got a setup with a cable. Finally, yeah. So all that stuff sounds pretty good. I mean, they are dragging their heels, but they—that's the typical of Valve. They always. <laughs> even just look at Half-Life 3. Well, we, we did theorise like whether or not this is actually intentional. That everything they just want to make sure everything of this sort comes out simultaneously. In that they can just say, "Look, here's the whole package." I don't see why, though, really. 
are people really going to buy the whole package of like Vive plus the two VR controller thingies plus well, Steam box? It, plus... Oh, they come with it, do they? Okay, it's a, it's a single package, right? Plus all that, all that stuff. Maybe they will. I don't know. It just seems... people just buy whatever Valve put out anyway. If they put out hardware, people will buy it. Sure. It, it just seems weirdly convenient. That's all. You know, everything's sort of happening at once. I kind yeah. of, I kind of see why Steam controller and Steam machine have to happen at the same time. Right? Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I still think, um, like, I still have hopes oh, wait, for that thing. I'm glad they put that thumbstick on there, but it looks pretty good when you're using one thumbstick plus one trackpad to use to play a first-person game. That looks all right. Yeah, it's weird. It's, don't get me wrong; it looks wildly different. And I'm not sure. I, I visual, visibly, that thing is pretty ugly, but. It looks well built, don't get me wrong, but yeah. it's, it's an ugly thing. Just because um, it looks like an owl. <laughs> yeah, it still looks a bit like an owl, even if they flattened everything a little. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to try it. I'm interested to try it. I, I'm not entirely sure whether, the like, for all game types, the lack of a right stick is going to be... No, uh, it's I gonna, mean, It's going to be well, useful. And I'm not 100% sure, in the same way that I'm not 100% sure about the symmetrical layout of the Wii U pad, that moving the buttons... To where the right stick traditionally is is a comfortable choice, which is weird. It's, it's probably just because that's what I'm used to, mm. but it doesn't quite feel right. Mm. Um, probably, as I say, it's probably a training thing. Like the muscle memory of moving in that direction just isn't there. Um, yeah, getting it swapped around. But then again, it's also probably sensible because you need a much bigger range of motion on the steam pad to what you do on a stick. Yeah, and like, you definitely do. And, and, and then that raises the question, is that the fact that you need that larger range of motion a problem in itself? In well, that's how of, you get the fine grain control, isn't it? Uh, sure, but will it tire your thumb faster? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, depends, yeah. Presumably it depends what you're using it for. If you're just using it as a right stick, you could live with it because you don't need yeah. to be as accurate with just yeah. like a... FPS running around movement scheme. Yeah, again, again, there's a lot of all, all I'm trying to point out is there's a lot of ifs and a lot of we just don't know. Uh, there, I'll just be Maybe. download the configuration option file. <laughs> oh, and tweak it so your my slightly smaller than average thumbs can can yes. reach across it. They and have the capability, yeah, to bind whatever they want. They have the technology, but then that's the other question: Can people be asked? That's because that's the reason consoles, despite like even though they're like quite expensive to get started and all that stuff, that's the reason consoles work is because they appeal to I can't be bothered, man. Yeah, like, who just wants to turn something on and play and, a game and uh, not not fit with stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure you could. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure they they must have they must they must make like a an option in Steam where you can just have it set to download download the best. <laughs> configuration file for my C controller whenever I launch a game the regardless of what the best is it's just like get one of them <laughs> the best varies per person that's why I always liked um, yeah, but it doesn't... <laughs> I always liked on the 360 that you could actually set up some controller defaults on your profile well yeah you know like invert Y or um, so, like if you if you're a, if you tend to be a high sensitivity gamer all that stuff is in there and it, it could Categorize it based on the type of game you play. I loved the fact that that existed. But sensitivity why confuses the hell out of people when they pick up a game and go, "Why is this inverted by default?" And it's like, "Oh, because you're playing as me." And it's like I loved that, and I'm surprised they got rid of it on the bone. Sensitivity, sensitivity and invert is a different thing. That's never going to be tied to these profiles because that's that is one option where these people are completely different. Because invert is like a is like a literal toggle. There's no oh yeah, no, no, no ground. Uh, you can't the, be half where I was going with that is, I mean, like if. For instance, the range of motion required to get around that entire circle is too much for people with smaller hands. 
I don't know, kids, certain races, me. <laughs> a bit like, you know, the whole Duke problem from the X, from the OG Xbox, that that thing was just too big for some people. Uh, you know, is there you know, a, a suitable way of easily tweaking, oh, I need a smaller range of motion, please, and I need that smaller range of motion to be here. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. Yeah, I just, I just want, yeah. Oh, that's... Be surprised if they didn't. You know what Valve is like with... with... Uh, human testing <laughs> human testing you know what I mean <laughs> user test. testing <laughs> like they're obsessive about user testing test labs well that seems test like labs. something they would have already sorted out in the hardware stage it yeah, just, yeah. It, I don't think it will be a problem of not being able to reach the whole range of that pad you might it just think looks it so is big. now but it just, it just looks so big it's an ergonomics thing yeah. presumably they must have already tested that at some point quite heavily on Gabe Newell's hands <laughs> he has giant hands yeah. probably did test it on it <laughs> too many dives yeah. Again, again, I, don't, I, I have to be the counter argument to this because everyone seems like, oh, look, this is amazing. But I always get skeptical when something new comes out because there's a high chance of it being cock. Well, I don't think we're interested in the Steam pad anyway. Because no, what's wrong with a 360 pad? <laughs> or a mouse. It's like we either use a gamepad yeah. or a mouse. We don't, we're, yeah. not, we're not the use case for that either. No. It'll be the, it'll be when it when it, it's for people who like have the Steam machine and that's it. When they buy the Steam machine package, it comes with a controller because yeah, it's yeah. a console, basically. <laughs> that's the plan. And then that will just be like a Wii controller where it's like they'll have to just learn to use it. Hmm. That's how consoles work. <laughs> if, if Valve are successful in the living room, that presumably that starts posing. Um, a, a little bit of a problem towards um, Microsoft and Sony in terms of, like, you know, every Steam game you've ever bought is always available wherever you are. Yep. And it's like, although that's true of digital sales on on the consoles, you're still limited to your console, I suppose. It's not like I can load up a 360 game on them and stuff. Exactly. So, I mean, so they were Steam actually, have a permanent leg up there. They were going away out of their way to prove that point at GDC by by having people playing freaking System Shock Two on on the on the new controller on Steam boxes or whatever. And in and in the VR, I think they were. Sort of, oh, and in VR, I think they said that it was that yeah. was happening. I didn't see the video of that, but that would be insane. That would hurt my brain. Some of the textures in that on the baddies and stuff is so horrible. Well, they were using System Shock Two as also an example of they. You know, there's a sort of remastered version of it, but that's right. available through the user creation that's stuff. That's not official. No, right? yeah, people have just done this. That's cool. Yeah, can't think of anything else about LV. What else is going on at, at uh, GDC? Not much. Some uh, guy at Max has got fired in the middle of his talk. I heard. Well, what? the whole of yeah. Max has got fired. He was giving well, a talk about The Sims, you know, development, and then like and then that simultaneously they were yeah, the news came out that. Oh, so what happened? Fired. Did he? Did he? I can't get remember. Informed mid talk? No, no, but no, but it was popping up on people's like like who. Were well, he in, might have been one of the ones who didn't get fired if he was on the Sims team because they kept some of them. Yeah, because obviously they're, they're still releasing shit. For yeah, Sims but that was the headline <laughs> I saw or whatever, or the tweet I saw was like. Guy gets fired in the middle of present of talk. Yes. So to summarize, EA have closed Maxis, creators of SimCity. Which mm. a lot of people predicted after Sim the last SimCity. Yeah. No. It's like there's the question of it where is it the same? You know, you always have to ask, is it the same Maxis these days? And now, it hasn't been. Now Will Wright. Since EA bought it. <laughs> yeah. And since it yeah, since EA outright owned it, is it has it got the same team? Has it got the same work? 
style, you know. They did a lot of good work on that SimCity. They just fucked up the, the macro, as in the big stuff they screwed up. A lot of the detail was not bad. Well, it's the core mechanics. It was more like fun. a lot of the middle detail. Yeah. Like if you yeah. look at the very small detail, like the actual numbers and stuff, like I did, that was bad. That was fun. And the big, big end was bad. Was but like just the casual building <laughs> the and stuff, that, that was, was okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The core mechanics of making it actually kind of work as a game, well, pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Shame. What are they going to do? Well, it, it is a bit of a shitter that they just got shuttered as, as a result of one bad game. Well, I won't know about one. <laughs> it was one big bad game. But... I don't, well, about the Sims in, cells, come on. They may not be great games, and Sims 4 may have been lacking in content, but well, it, yeah, they're still, were, they're still were happy about Sims still... 4 that much. That probably contributed. <laughs> mm, that must have sold, though. Well, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean... It's like SimCity sold. Yeah, so the true. Sims 4 only annoyed people because of the, the classic DLC problem that The Sims created for itself, in that later versions of Sims 3, for instance, came with yeah, most not, of the DLC, and then exactly. Sims 4 comes out, and it's like, oh, where are my pools? Yeah, Why are there no pools in this? Yeah, but that was in base of all the other Sims games. That, that's like the Civilization freeze scenario yeah. where it's like this game oh, doesn't yeah, even yeah, have yeah. the same toolbars as the last games you can't even do the same things were, were Paul's in the first Sims? yeah no I don't remember that I thought Sims 1 was incredibly basic they were incredibly expensive that's probably why you oh. don't remember them oh yeah patience probably didn't last yeah. that long <laughs> exactly that's realistic <laughs> yeah that's true Yeah. I mean, it does some clever things. I mean, there's other, there's been other games. It's basically anything that came out since Max's purchase. I mean, when was that? Yeah, purchase Max's. I was trying to remember it. I think it must have been like right after Spore, right? Yeah, I guess. Because Spore was well, like the uh, first time they were yeah. linking into EA's network, basically. Because yeah. Will Wright fucked off, right? Yeah. Immediately after that, right? As soon as they got bought, basically. Yeah. He left. And then it's just been downhill from then on. <laughs> Makes sense. Will Wright isn't even making games anymore, is he? Did not like that off. Yeah, if he is, he's doing it under the radar. He's not like Peter Molyneux. He's not got some weird. <laughs> he's not making games either. No, <laughs> he's just <laughs> talking about making games. <laughs> yeah. has, has Peter Molyneux ever really made a game? Well, <laughs> Probably some of the early ones. Apart from the original pop, yeah, the original popular maybe. Theme Park. Some of the more old ones. Probably he had more part of. Don't you keep it a game? I do wonder if he worked on weirder sh- some of the weirder early Bullfrog stuff like Fusion. <laughs> he, did, he did like Magic Carpet. And stuff. Do you remember Magic Carpet? Vaguely, yeah. So I now, what we're going to do about SimCity? Are we all going to have to get cities skylines well, or some shit? Apparently, uh, <laughs> I heard there is another one, like another competitor that just announced, "Hey, we're doing stuff." I can't remember what the fuck it was called or anything like that. So this is useless news. But there is a third. <laughs> Map to the license then, the SimCity license. Well, yeah, we're just going to hang on to it. Right. And yeah, make City just, mobile games. Yeah, it might just give it to a different <laughs> studio. I imagine like, they don't have any. It's like Bioware. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I imagine getting, like some kind of deep storyline embedded in SimCity. <laughs> awesome. I need I need to do the loyalty mission with this particular arcology. In order to, <laughs> they basically had that in Sim, in SimCity Four. So yeah, where you had like you moved your actual Sims into a house, and then they actually generated missions where you had to drive vehicles around your city. <laughs> it's like that's basically loyalty missions. <laughs> was that the, the, the expansion? That was technically the expansion. Yeah. What, what was that called? The rush hour. Rush hour. Yeah. Yeah. SimCity Four. You could still move yeah. them in in original in original SimCity Four. It's just that then they just acted as a. 
as a, like a barometer for problems where it's like this is the, I've been a victim of crime recently and then you're like oh I should probably go to more police stations <laughs> hmm. oh yeah yeah I remember that actually yeah it was like a shortcut instead of reading like the big stats or something you could be like oh, yeah you just get little alerts occasionally yeah. To tell them that they've moved house again because they, that's <laughs> yeah. what doesn't that's just what happens in City Four. Churn. And then, oh man, the thing that annoyed me about this Maxis story is when I went and read the comments, and the number of times people would call SimCity Four SimCity Five, because other people in the thread were referring to the new SimCity as SimCity Five, uh, and then other people were uh, saying, "I remember the last SimCity; it was SimCity Four. <laughs> Except I'm calling it SimCity Five now." And I'm like, "You can only interpret that if you know something that they reference, which is that tells you that they're talking about SimCity Four, but they've confused it <laughs> with SimCity Five. It's like that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when it's like you... SimCity Five is really fucking great. No, it's four that you're talking about actually." <laughs> This is this is what happens when you don't put a fucking subtitle on your game. Well, yep, it's what happens when you do a reboot with just the same name. You fuck everything up, and then people still try to add another on it anyway, and it gets confusing. Yeah, I did see someone also say that they played SimCity Two, which of course they mean two thousand, but you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> details, people. Details. The, the dumbest name was three thousand. At least two thousand. Yeah. It was around the year two thousand, well, a bit early. Yeah, that was just like that was. Because that was only the second one, that was just the operating system. It was like SimCity, SimCity 2000. Yeah. <laughs> SimCity for Windows. Then 3000. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? They did, yeah, they did futurize 2000, didn't they? With apologies and things. Yeah, well, a not little. that much. Quite a bit. Compared to the first game. Yeah. It, it was like the sort of end of the tech tree in SimCity 2000 was about the year 2000. Because you started in like 1900 or 19. Yeah, 1900 if you start from the oldest. Still, I don't like to, even if it, even if it wasn't the Maxis, I don't like to see, I don't like to see like famous studios like that die, I don't know. Well, don't look at EA ever, because that's just what they do. Yeah. Bioware's next. Arts <laughs> <laughs> already bought the bullet. Yeah. Quite a while back now. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just a, just feels like a big deal, doesn't it? When it happens. Boo earns. What else is happening? That's it. There's, there's that's non- it. That's all that's happening. <laughs> there's nothing non- else is happening. There's, there's some non-news. Like, <laughs> is there? What's all non-news? But like, apparently things that didn't happen. <laughs> like Insomniac Games, the guys that made Sunset Overdrive, uh, apparently passed up the opportunity to do a reboot of Conquer. Conquer's bad fur day. <laughs> Okay, it's what, like, what does that even mean? It's like, did Microsoft go to them and say, "Do you want to make it?" Well, that's it what it like... sounds like. Yeah, that Microsoft <laughs> approached them to say, like, when they approached them about making a game for Xbone, that that was what they pitched them, and some that were like, "No," they're like, "Pass." Yeah, can, can we do our own thing? It's like, oh, sure, come up with something, and they did, and it was great. Not that I think I would mind a new, a new Conquer game because I really like that 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 one. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the problem. Everyone really likes that one. But then it's like, can can that actually happen again? Yeah. Well, what is it? Too much of the time? Was it's it? It's not like, like Banjo Kazooie quite... where there was already two and they were both good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, why not a third? Well, Conquer was quite is basically a band. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those old rare adventure games, isn't it? But it was the most British, I suppose, of all of them. <laughs> yes. I mean, you got Liverpudlians and stuff. 
references that very few people really understand, I suppose. I don't think weird accents necessarily make sense. <laughs> that unusual. It's British. Forza Horizon 2 news. What about it? They're releasing a free expansion for it. Based on The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Really? Yep. Seven. Fast and Furious 7, yeah. <laughs> so not really, I mean, whatever that is, it's not, it's not going to be that big a deal, is it? It's going to be like, here's a car. Well, not apparently, you say that. The interesting thing about this is that it is standalone and free to everyone. Yeah, so it's just going to be like a, a demo open world area and a car. <laughs> probably, yeah. It'll probably, it'll probably have Vin Diesel's like super fat modified charger or whatever it is yeah weird yeah it's a strange one you got the game didn't you I've got Forza Horizon 2 I haven't played it yet but I've got it yeah so I suppose what the interesting thing about that is is like if it's standalone and stuff like that does it if you have the the game anyway will it just integrate and make it convenient for you or will it be you have to you have to skip out and go I need to go play Horizon Fast and Furious Edition (laughs) Nobody needs to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to play it anyway. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and that's all I've got. That, that, that was the end of my interesting news. The end! The, the end! Any more news from, from you, Zach? No. We've reached the end of news. <laughs> news over! <laughs> the news section. What you've been playing. Unless we have more random... Is there we did kind of like stories? abort the random section. Yeah, you can't. You can't. There's got to be some kitchen story. Well, the scale filter hasn't been fully <laughs> recently. It's okay. mysteriously fixed itself. Now to move on to what you've been playing. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> what you've been playing, Rob? Uh, Assassin's Creed Three. Oh yeah, quite yeah. a lot of it. Uh, but still, uh, and you saw me play some of it earlier as well. Yeah. I saw you playing it now that you have your new amplifier, which you haven't talked about. Well, no, it's all talked about. Yeah. Uh, you can now plug your stream your HDMI straight through yeah. to your TV. Run a cable around my room, so my PC is now hooked up to my telly properly. So you're Steam big picturing and you're playing uh, Assassin's Creed in, in awesome graphics yeah. on your TV. 1080p, mostly 60 frames. It's, it's cool. It's cool. It's the. But the game. It's, it, but the game. Yeah. yeah. Not, not so cool. It's a, uh, it's quite, it's just, it's just janky as fuck. <laughs> That's what it is. It's just it, things constantly don't quite go as you expect, and it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. And I don't know. I don't feel like I'm really playing it like an Assassin's Creed game. It's more like I'm sort of attempting not to make it fuck you over. Is what it is. It's a, it's a great name for a game. Don't don't, don't fuck you over. Or not. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're talking about Assassin's Creed 3? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's, it's a shit game. I don't know. It's, it's, it's don't okay. play this You're game. You're not talking about Assassin's Creed 3. Skip now. this one. Well, yeah, I don't really know how to complain about it any more than I did last time, because it is just... Uh, it's just a, it's just problematic. It, it, I mean, it looks fine. Graphically, it's all right for what is it, like a three-year-old game now. Is it? Yeah, it must be two, 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 three years. Yeah. And yeah, and it looks all right, especially this PC version runs fine, uh, but it's yeah, it's just problematic structurally. Like as I was saying, uh, as I said to Dan earlier today, the only 
I'd only just discovered that some of that assassin recruit system and the fact that you have to send them on missions and stuff is actually still there, but the game just never bloody tells you that it exists. Like, I had to just, it's buried in a menu that only appears when you hold a button down and then you have to push a push X whilst that hold menu is up and then it takes you to the to the assassin guild menu and then you can send them and do missions to make them level up and get more effective in combat and stuff but it's it's like okay fine this is this is still here but why have you hidden it away and am I ever actually going to use my my assassin cohorts anyway as it turns out I never have <laughs> so it's like this is all there's a lot there's so much here and it's all pointless and like the crafting stuff and the, the way missions only seem to appear late on in the game, which you know feels like should have appeared like a good ten hours ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's weirdly paced and weirdly structured, and it's just it feels like there's too much in it, and they couldn't figure out how to make it all sit together. Hmm. And that's pretty much Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah, it's a bit of a... Because I was quite impressed looking at the... Obviously, they made it basically into a fully-fudged game with the next one, but the all the sea stuff... Sea stuff is, is, looks, is fun. It looks yeah. cool, and it's, like, it's pretty fun. And yeah. I mean, it's a little... It's, it's half-baked. Uh, yeah, it's, it's half-baked, and it's like there's not a great deal of game to it, yeah. if you see what I mean. Just kind of sailing around, stuff ends up in your sights, you shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know there's supposed to be a bit of a dynamic about how the you know positioning and stuff like that and mm-hmm. how how you correctly do that and that stuff is that that's again it's one of those things the game doesn't really teach you like how to position yourself properly it sort of says oh you're sailing into the wind and it's like well it's because we both turned around to try and get behind each other and and the, but it sort of presents that message on screen this is a bad thing because you don't travel as fast and it's like well yeah sure but I've got no choice I need to go this way mm. you can tack can you can you tack. I'm not sure. It's sort of probably not in, uh, in this kind of uncomplicated video game. Right. So like you're saying it's the wind, you go slow. <laughs> yeah, you don't like just you don't just get pushed backwards. You just travel slower against the wind, and it's like but faster with it. That's about it. I mean, the game will throw what it calls rogue winds at you, which ones that will actually steer you out of control slightly. Rogue wind! And then you have to slow rogue down. Rogue wind. And, yeah. You can't have someone shout rogue wind. It's like by the time you can detect it, you've already yeah. been hit by it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a wave. Well, wave. It, it does pretty much just happen immediately. Like the guy will shout rogue wind when you're already being affected by it. Have you yeah. ever played Sid Meier's Pirates? I have not. Mia. Sid Meier? Mia. Mia. Sid Meier. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> It's like a, it's quite an old game. Mm. Um, they, I think they like, uh, yeah. So they basically, sorry, I mean the remade one because the original Sid Meier's Pirates is like from the eighties, I think. Oh, is it? But Sid Meier's Pirates, whenever they redid it, uh, yeah, I only remember the the, the redo. Yeah, it's the redo, and it's super simple, like three D, but like isometric. You've got your little ship and you're sailing it around the Caribbean, and you have to do like naval maneuvers that because it has the wind direction and stuff. So it's like this, but like from a more kind of isometric perspective it's like a little desktop game but it's surprisingly absorbing hmm. and you have to do the whole switch to grape shot and go for the go oh, okay for the... yeah some um, of that sounds a little similar to perhaps the design of ace patrol is that like you were uh, saying no, it's, it's not turn-based it's, oh, it's, it's real it's live. Okay. yeah right. so it's more like do it live yeah more like assassin's creed in that sense oh, weirdly yeah i recommend that game if it's probably like a fiver or less on steam oh, yeah. check it out 
Yeah. I didn't realize that's what it was. I sort of always assumed Pirates was a bit more of a. It had like weird mini games, like a boarding mini game where you had like a, a fence that's thing. What I've always seen, yeah. And it also had a, like a, a a like a dancing mini game for winning the the late the la- lady or whatever, <laughs> winning the heart of the lady on the on the in the port or wherever it was. I can't remember. It was it's a fun it's a fun game. It's cool. Um, recommend that one. Yeah, I only really remember seeing stuff about the fencing. I don't, don't remember a great detail about the actual you mostly the did. complexity of the sailing. Yeah. yeah, the sailing combat was the most... It wasn't super complex, but it was complex enough to be engaging, hmm. which was cool. Like You could definitely screw it up, okay. that's for sure. That's, yeah. That's always been Sid Meier's talent, though, isn't it? Like, just this, this sort of deceptively simple top layer... <laughs> that have, the, have the depth exactly. and strategy. Well, that's than, exactly it. Yeah. Rather than in mechanics. Yeah. Cool. Um, Probably get it on an iPad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually really been playing a great deal else. Um, I had the I had my my crew from Cambridge uh, stay with me last weekend here, and we did play a number of hours of Earth Defense Force 2025. <laughs> now, there's a stupid. But quite fun. Is that the one with game. the giant ants and shit? Yep. <laughs> they never called ants. They never called ants. They never called spiders. They always referred to as the giant insects. Right. No, they're never just the insects. It's always giant insects. They have to right. say it in full. And you can choose to be like an, a, 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 like an insane flying angel thing that has almost no range. Is that right? Uh, no, that's not. That's not strictly true. She, she, you can, she can have range if you equip the right guns. Oh, is like that right? Most, most of the time, I, because I was playing as her most of the time, the Wing Rider. Wing they called, Rider. Yeah. You can just affect like you know, like plasma rocket launchers. It's like she, she has, She's quite more more interesting actually. I think than the other characters because she has like a, an energy pool, but it is shared between using your jetpack and your guns. Right. So if you fire too much, you're actually draining energy from your jetpack. So you're right. gonna have to land at some point and. And use it to recharge. And certain guns you could don't use your energy until they need to reload, for instance. So there's a there's actually an interesting dynamic about how you, how you manage what you're doing, right? Um, which, which I found pretty enjoyable. And also the plasma launcher actually is just like just creates massive explosions and creates hilarious friendly fire opportunities. <laughs> so you were playing this in some kind of local multiplayer. Yeah, we were playing a split screen co-op. Cool. Uh, which is, as I say, it's a lot of fun. It's a number, but you're you're laughing at it, yeah, the entire time because it's so dumb. Because it, yeah, it's super dumb. Like you, you'll be in the middle of a mission, and like from one of the rear speakers, you'll just hear your shitty marine cohort start having a conversation about why they got married in the middle of a fight against giant ants. As you do, <laughs> it is the most dumb. And apparently, in the seven years since the last giant insect incursion, they have exceeded human wisdom. That is a line from the game. Wow. <laughs> what, the aliens have exceeded human wisdom? They never say aliens. Oh, right. They just never says... say aliens either. There's, a, there's like a robot race called the Ravagers. Okay. Um, who they always turn them. up at the same time as the giant insects, and yet the connection is never made that maybe the two are working together or that the Ravagers are giant insects in just like robot suits or something. It's like everyone on Earth or in the EDF are the dumbest fucking people that have ever saved the planet. And also, no one cares where you destroy the entire city while you're at it. That stuff still exists as well. Like, just buildings just fall down, highways get destroyed. It's uh, It looks like garbage and doesn't run very well, but it's, it's quite fun. <laughs> it's, 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 it's unbelievably stupid. Uh, so I'm quite, I, I 
find it hard not to actually recommend if you want a, a dumb couch co-op experience. It's apparently it's quite long. We got through like 15 or 16 of the missions and there's like 50 wow. or something. It took us like three hours to get that far. Um, including spending what I think is a, a good half an hour on a single mission before we realized we had to shoot something that was spawning all the enemies. Huh. <laughs> so that was an epic slog, that just was. hanging around, just yeah. hanging everything. It's like, come on. Not it, we, were, we're on the, we were on the ropes a number of times on that one. It was quite, it was quite tense. It's like, we can't waste all this stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a silly bloody game, but quite enjoyable. Uh, apparently there's a, an HD like remade version of this one coming to PS4 this year. <laughs> I think they call it Earth Defense Force 4.1 uh, in Japan. So whether it will come out here is, a, is, a, is an unknown, but PS4 version will probably fix the diaphragm rate. Let's hope. PS4 version, yeah, <laughs> so ludicrous. It's yeah, it's a dumb game, but it's a, it's 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 good fun. Mm. Uh, I don't really know what else. I think I might. Oh, Beat Buddy! I've been playing more Beat Buddy. But I'm on the last level of that now. There's a video of that um, to come. Yeah, I haven't I haven't put it up. I haven't posted it on its way. Yeah, the Beat Buddy. Um, it's kind of cool. It's very charming. But I think the problem that I alluded to on the video that which no one has seen yet, it does hold true. And that I think the levels are a little long and that it would have benefited from perhaps like, yeah, sure, they're limited by their soundtrack, I guess. They've probably they've only got like six songs, so there's only six levels. But you spend like, the levels get longer and longer or more complex for you to deal with. So the last one took me an hour of basically listening to the same song, mm-hmm. just with the various bits coming in and out, depending on what I'm doing on the level. And it's like that starts to wear a little thin definitely um it would have been better uh, better if they split their levels up into say 15 minute chunks and then cycled around the songs a bit more often say um uh, like they just reuse the environment so you do each song a couple of times maybe saving one back for like a epic end level or something mm-hmm. um so uh, other than that structurally yeah it's a good fun game quite quite enjoy it you know you have to it's more it's like a puzzle platformer but without platforms because <laughs> you swim and it's all underwater for that reason. And it's, yeah, you know, with some rhythm-based elements to, to do things. Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, so check out the video by the time I post it. Will do. And that's me! Zeg! <coughs> what have you been playing, man? Oh, my traditional start of the talking segment. <coughs> it's time for you to wake up. Yes. Well, I played... I finished Mass Effect 2 and then started it again. Hooray! <laughs> so I've played Mass Effect 2 like one of, the, one of the third times now, recently. I mean, not in total. What was your plan <laughs> with the restart? Are you going full one way or the other? Yeah, for one way or the other. So you've gone Renegade now? Well, I've pl- I, or I played it through the one that I completed again already. I played it through again basically with my original old save file, so Paragon again. Right. And Paragon Infiltrator or whatever. Right. And that's kind of, you know, it's quite, it's, it, the same thing sort of happened in Mass Effect 1 when I was playing that, where it's like both of those games kind of really suck in the early game where you don't have the skills, but then once you do get the skills, it just becomes like quite easy, but also like it feels more like like you're actually powerful. <laughs> yeah. Because like when you get to the end of the Infiltrator in Mass Effect 2, once you've got like maximum cooldown for all your skills and stuff, you're just like cloak, light up a headshot, murder him one shot, 
uncloak, recloak, <laughs> just do that over and over. And and also like, I'm not sure if this is the case for all of the weapons, but for the sniper rifle, and I think probably the shotgun, but I haven't got it yet in my renegade run. But you get there's a mission, well, like the I guess second story mission, you get like an advanced version of that you can choose basically you get to you find a pile of weapons <laughs> just in this ship and you're like oh, i'm gonna pick one of these up and then it displays your like choice option where it's like you can either basically be be able to use one of the other types of weapons so it's like you could if as the infiltrator i could have picked up an assault rifle and then been able to have an assault rifle instead of just a pistol and a sniper rifle and sure. the smg mm. or you get the much much more powerful sniper rifle <laughs> Which normally is a, I think it normally isn't that like locked in the Spectre gear or something? Or no, it's not. It's a. It normally you can only give that to one of your squad mates. Hmm. It's like it's it's like a special squad mate weapon. So this giving it through this like storyline event is the only way you can get it. Oh, interesting! I didn't know that. So yeah, you get that, and it's just insanely powerful. <laughs> it's just like there's just one shots everything. But then, so then when I've been started playing through in Renegade with the Vanguard, with the crazy Bartic charge shit and shotguns, that's sort of the same problem again. It's like at the start of the game, it's like that's incredibly difficult to actually use because you'll basically charge up to someone and then shoot them. And then if there's anyone else there, you're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> but I've started getting over the hump of that where it's like now my Bartic, I've upgraded Bartic charge to maximum so I get... I, it's like it's more powerful, so it knocks people back and knocks people over, and it gives me a shield, so I'm a bit more survivable when once I oh, okay. come out of it. Yeah, the shield sounds like a necessity. Yeah, yeah. but I have, still haven't got the upgraded shotgun yet, which I think might help again. Mainly because you, I think it's practically it might even be in the first story mission. You instantly get an upgrade to the shotgun from the base shotgun, mm. and the, like so, the base shotgun is like really shit. It's got like a really bad spread, mm. and then the second one has like a much tighter spread, so it's more useful at range, but also easier to actually just hit things with. But the trouble with that upgraded shotgun is you only get three shots in the clip before you have to reload, and that is like not enough. <laughs> so I'm constantly like clipping out one because if you biotic charge in, providing you hit people, you can just like one shot all the shitty enemies, but then you can only do three of those before you're like, well, now I actually have to <laughs> reload. So yeah, that's been a problem. Hopefully that new the like I know there is an advanced shotgun because you you normally you can uh, you can only give it to the Krogan squad mate. Oh right. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be the same as that sniper rifle where I'll come to that event and that will be the option. Right. To do get, you want like, do the, you want the Uber shotgun? Yeah. So I'm hoping that will be better. It will at least be more powerful. That's well, for sure. When you're doing your charge runs, does that do you do you still get the the force the, or like <laughs> I was about to say the force run like sort of like the foot where you get that little meter that runs down but you run hella fast while you're no it's like a teleport basically okay but yeah. does that mean that you can still use your crazy run afterwards what do you mean crazy or, or, or was that something that was only in Mass Effect Probably, 1 you know, well you because there was a something where you held, hold A and instead of like doing the roadie run from Gears of War you just ran crazy fast but it was a super limited bar no yeah. that, was, that wasn't in 1 or 2 was that a 3 thing? I guess that was, must be a 3 thing because yeah, you do have a sprint it's just not a bar it's oh, like okay. you can sprint for a certain amount of time and then you just get tired. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because it was crazy fast. Whatever, whatever one I'm thinking of, it was like, you know, because your normal shepherd speed yeah. is it's sort of like, doopy doopy doo, walk into a fight. It's like the you press this button, you're like, 
the trouble with the like the sprint in Mass Effect Two is because it's, because it's using the like classic third person shooter Gears of War esque thing. You just stick to cover really. It's incredibly difficult to actually. It's like if you biotic charge in and then you're like, okay, I've shot the one guy that I biotic charge to, but now I need to run away and get behind a bit of cover. But so you try and turn and start running and you hold down the run button and you just clip to the nearest bit of cover and then you're completely exposed to all the enemies. You just shoot you're you. just stuck because right? <laughs> it's the same button, of that's course, because it's the equivalent of the A button. Yeah, and that's also weird in the PC controls because you're like, it's the same button for run interact <laughs> and you know click to cover. cover yeah so so it's like when you're doing when you're actually walking around the world you're like oh i'm gonna talk to this person or interact with him it's the same button so i'm just basically i'm, I'm just like well i've put that on shift i guess which is which just seems really weird because normally like the interact button is e <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you can't use e to sprint that doesn't work no because you need your freaking <laughs> fingers for the rest of yeah. yeah, so that's kind of weird. But, and, you know, the thing about the biotic charge is, like, it's it's actually kind of ludicrously powerful in terms of... Because it's a sort of awkward thing in Mass Effect 2 where if you, if you don't have the little targeting brackets around the enemy, you can't yeah. actually target them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's really awkward, for, even for just, like, normal powers and stuff, where it's mm. like, I want to incinerate that guy, but he's just slightly too far away, so I can look at him and press the incinerate button, but that won't actually hit him. It will just incinerate in his vicinity because it's actually out of range. Yeah. <laughs> so that's annoying. But then with Biotic Charge, it's sort of the opposite thing, where it's like, once you see those targeting brackets, providing there's a logical path, basically it must work out a logical path for you to get there, like, as if you could... If you could theoretically just run up to him, it must just do a pathing calculation or whatever. Yeah, right. But yeah. providing you can get to that person in theory and they have the targeting reticle, you just go. <laughs> That's like regardless of height or obstacles, you just like whoop, <laughs> just teleport yeah. straight to them. <laughs> That's quite cool. Which can be useful, where it's like if you if there's like some of those heavy dudes with rockets and they always spawn at the back, you just go to them and then get into the rear cover and trap the enemies between you between your other guys and you. <laughs> ah, smart pincer movement. Yeah. I suppose it's okay provided other enemies don't spawn. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. If you if you get trapped in the spawn, it can be problematic. And I'm I'm undecided about whether it's worth like I don't know what what the because you get your final special skill that's based on your squad's loyal loyalty skills, mm. and you can pick one of them to have as shepherd. Oh yes, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not sure whether that would be worth like maybe going for the biotic barrier or something, just so that I can have another layer of defense. But the trouble with that is because every, because in Mass Effect Two, all the skills work on the same cooldown. It doesn't really save you if you can't have a biotic charge and the biotic charge shield isn't enough. Then you're still in cooldown, so you can't just turn on another shield. Because <laughs> that was what you what I did in Mass Effect One. Once I got to the later parts of the Vanguard, you don't have to charge, obviously. But it was just like, at the start of every fight, initiate the biotic barrier. And like the cooldown, once you have that leveled up to maximum, the cooldown is less than how long it lasts. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's just like, just turn it on yeah. constantly. <laughs> just keep it always on. Mm. So I, by the end of Aspect 1, I was just like, oh, I'm just wa- walking around the battlefield because fuck all can hurt me and I'll just shotgun you in face. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, maybe I'll get through that again. But I, you know, I haven't been feeling well enough to play that in the last few days because... That's something I was finding in Mass Effect 2. It's like, for some reason, that one just makes me feel weird after a while if I play it too much. It's something to do with that third-person view and, like, the camera jiggle, I guess. Well, there is a sort of a a woozy feel to how Mass Effect moves. Yeah. Like, you know, nothing... 
It, it, maybe it's just the shepherd run. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, well, it's because the camera really does like follow yeah. that motion a bit. And, and when you push A to do the like the run the little faster thing, because I, I, like I think I, there were bits of Mass Effect One at least where you know you could hold A, and I'm pretty sure your run speed didn't actually get yeah, faster. It just, it just the zooms camera. the camera a little. <laughs> it was dumb. Yeah, that was dumb. At least that's 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 one thing that is different in Mass Effect Two. It's like even out of combat, you can run slightly faster. Yeah. And the animation looks really dumb because Shevin's slightly faster run animation is like really extreme arm movement. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was Mass Effect 2. Maybe get through that again. I mean, I played... It's a one less. (laughs) Yes. I didn't hear that very much. I guess I didn't really take Miranda that much. (laughs) Because fuck Miranda. (laughs) Have they seen you though? Yes, they have in fact seen us. seen us. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still get they've seen us if you're playing as... Female I can't remember, possibly. I guess I don't notice as much. Because Are you playing as female for which one? For, for Renegade now. For Renegade. Obviously, because I'd yeah, make, make that second save. Might as well make it the opposite. Exactly. In all cases. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been... I made, I, like, I've, when I got to the end boss again in Paragon, that thing is still dumb, obviously. Yeah, of course it is. But... I did. I read. I was reading a fact and basically make sure I was getting through everything in the, like an optimal way. But when it came to the last boss, I was like, "Oh, you can just nuke it." <laughs> if you use the nuke launcher, that ridiculous heavy weapon, right? Which is insanely ridiculously overpowered. It's like by the time you get to the end of the game, your upgrades give you nearly two two full shots because right. normally you only get one, mm. and then it's like, "Oh, you only have fifty percent ammo. You can't fire again because that's just how this gun works." Yeah. But if you have it fully upgraded, you get nearly a second shot. And then in that one specific fight, the other enemies that spawn will occasionally drop heavy weapon ammo. Cool. <laughs> so you can get enough quite easily to do a second shot. And then if you just aim at it anywhere, it's like it's got three different weak points. Where it's like the eyes and then the thing in the chest. Yeah. But if you just aim anywhere at it and the nuke hits it, it does like practically half its health bar in one shot. Nice. <laughs> so you just shoot it twice and then you die. It's much easier. Sweet. Fuck <laughs> that thing. Cup tips. The Terminator of Crampness. Although I did miss the first shot. So I had to. I had to. <laughs> it was really dumb. I was like, I've got this. And then it's just like, wee, And it just flies into the distance. It doesn't even explode. It just like, the projectile disappears at some point. Oh, it just clips through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that sucked. They hadn't put a collision plane back there. I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't really even know that that new launcher was a projectile. I just thought it was like, just like created the explosion where you're looking. I see, yeah. Yeah, those heavy weapons are ridiculous. I I actually used the arc launcher, the the like it's technically DLC, but it's one of the free DLCs. Right. I use that most of the time. Oh yeah, I use that quite because it just chains. Yeah. It's great for clearing out large groups of enemies. Yeah. You just chain. But then, when do you ever remember to do that? Is the trouble? It's the classic heavy weapon issue because it's like I need to save this arrow in case there's something important that I need yeah. to shoot later on. Yeah, I very rarely used it. That was true of all of them. It was, I think I only used my heavies when the big sort of well, yeah, the scions and the up. and the really huge ones. Yeah, if you know there's a Praetorian coming, you basically oh, yes, you yeah. basically want the collector beam for that though. Oh, the, the the first time you, I always the first time you fight the Praetorian is after you pick up the collector beam. Yeah, and, it's an <laughs> and then you discover that the collector beam is in fact pretty much the perfect anti that weapon. <laughs> I remember that fight being a real ass though. Yeah, 
Well, like, all those all those kinds of fights in Mass Effect 2 are ass, because it's just like, you can stay in cover and pound on it, but it has so much health, eventually you're going to have to move, and then yeah. it's incredibly difficult to not Do die it. in that transition. Yeah, Because they just walk up to you. That was my problem. That's where being that. an infiltrator is handy, of course, because then you just cloak, yeah, <laughs> and you just yeah. run away. Is that, that mission where you see Ashley again? With oh, or Kaiden, yeah. Or Kaiden, or whoever, yeah. Yeah. Sort of orange town. Space Nazi. I remember being kind of orangey brownies. Well, it has the collector shit in it. Yeah. With yeah. them stasis fields and all that crap. No, space racist, that's what Ashley is, isn't she? She's not alive in either of my saves, because fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> she's a racist. Is she? Yeah, yeah she's, she's space a, racist. She's space racist. I don't remember that. That was something that really annoyed me when I was playing through Mass Effect 1, is that like a lot of the renegade options make you a space racist. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like you have to read like the interpretive text and be like, am I going to be a complete bastard and be like, humans, humans? And it's just like, oh, I don't want to say that. It's the same when you're talking to Cerberus in Mass Effect 2. It's like, you don't want to agree with Cerberus too much, because then you seem like a horrible space racist. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so you're not, you're going from Renegade, not, not racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I it's see. A fine line to cred, apparently, <laughs> because normally Renegade just makes you racist. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's quite a bit of that. Human interests first, fuck all you guys. It's dumb. That's just so like boring, not though. even, it's just like, that's not even a, that should that should have been like another layer of, of choice. Evil. Yeah. Oh, what? you have you have like the the good evil system, and then you have the uh, racist and non-racist. <laughs> yeah, tolerant <laughs> racist. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. And then you're in dangerous ground because then I suppose you have to start layering on religious layers, and then well, most of the most of the time in Mass Effect 2 does not any worry about religion because apart from the Hanar, that's like yeah. the only case. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> most of the other races don't give a shit about religion at this point, conveniently. Mm. Yeah, they sort of sidestep that. So yeah, I play, I played some of that. Then I played, well, not then. I guess the most recently I played a small amount of Space Engineers. Because I don't know there's been updates. I went in there to fuck around with it and see how things are going there. Oh, and also there was an awesome mod. There was an awesome mod that I saw, which is exactly what I wanted. And I can see absolutely no reason why this won't end up in the game proper at some point. So I really hope that it does. Mm. But a couple of patches back in the actual game, they added the ability in creative mode to sculpt asteroids, like ed- oh, okay. edit the voxels, basically, mm. so you can just like paint shapes and stuff. Mm. So in this mod that came out a few weeks later, they basically sort of, they ported that back into survival mode as a tool. And obviously it uses like, on the plus side, it uses the boring, shitty waste stone that you have tons of that <laughs> has no other reason to exist. But you like, you take the shitty stone, you grind it into gravel, and then you convert the gravel into concrete mix. And then basically you just have this tool and you point at the asteroid and it shows you a little type of cursor, And then you just go blah, 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 and like paint voxels back into the world. Hmm. So it's like super awesome. Like I can make my asteroid base actually have straight walls and like encase my door of this base into the actual rock. So it looks like awesome and semi natural. <laughs> Make, you could make the Borg cube. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or you can just... Well, I, I guess you can't make an asteroid from scratch. You actually have to start... With a kernel Yeah, you, ha- you have to point at an asteroid in order to be able to place it. But mm. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Kind of ridiculously time-consuming, though. <laughs> what, getting perfectly straight edges on your... Well, it's not difficult to do. It's just like you're placing each of these individual voxel points. And like if you compare it to the size of, say, a normal cube of space station it's like you're placing five voxel points per one cube <laughs> so you're like yeah 
yeah. And also because it's this mod, he couldn't. The mod maker guy couldn't properly link, link it into the controls, so you can't click. <laughs> oh, he couldn't work out how to make it work with the mouse button, but also without like overwriting the mouse button controls for everything else the mouse button does. Sure. So what you actually have to do is use your light button, the button that you normally use to turn on and off your suit lights, to trigger it. So I was just like, well, fuck it, I'll just bind that onto my side mouse button. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll just use that. Hmm, weird. So that's pretty cool. Oh. And also in mods, I got a, a, the only other mod I've ever downloaded is a pointless skybox, because it's a skybox from Eve. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so I'm like, well, I guess I might as well have these cool-looking nebulas. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the existing sky? It's really shit. Okay. It's, like, it's not a very good skybox. Is it really. super low detail? or It's just kind of boring. It's like, well, yeah. A, it's boring, and yeah, B, it's not a particularly great representation of a space field or whatever. <laughs> so I have these fancy... Nebulas, uh, yeah. Nebulas all over the place. Glent, naturally. Yep. You could get one of the other ones. You don't want... The, Glent is, like, useful because the generally Glent space is much brighter than all the other ones. Like, they have, like, bright green and, and like, yellow nebulas, so mm. it works against the background. It makes it easier easier to see asteroids as well. Because oh, yeah, you're like, oh, look, there's an asteroid over there. <laughs> so, yeah, I played some of that. Space Engineers. And then I also... Isn't there, like, a PS4 version of that coming or something? Well, it's already out on the Xbox One, I think. Oh, is it? Even though the actual game isn't out, yeah. arguably. <laughs> which is weird. That is weird. I wonder, like, if the patches are going to make it into that or, or whatever. Like, how are they going to patch that? If they're just going to wait and then do, like, a big one at some point. Or if they're even going to bother, if they even care. Yeah. <laughs> if it's just like shit, we'll just shit one out, we'll make some money on this. Because it is just like a creative toolbox most of the time. It's not like survival is that much of a game. Mm. It's just like a Minecraft clone at that point. It's sure. Like you place blocks, make fancy you things. Need to, need to earn your resources through the environment still, but yeah. in fact, that's pretty much all it is. So yeah, and then the last thing that I played, god damn it, was I finally it. decided to go back into Dwarf Fortress. Of course it is. What? Because I'm just talking about it? Oh, well, because of the poetry Because we talked shit. about it, yes, yeah. that helped. But also because... The poetical forms. Well, I hadn't been in for quite a while. And, well, one this didn't happen before I started playing it again, but one of the things that happened very quickly after I started playing it again is I realised that one of the things that had already, always super annoyed me about the military system, one of the things that had annoyed me about it was that my fucking military never put on the right armour. <laughs> they always end up with like one boot for some reason and I was like why what are you doing or or like the alternative alternative version was like some some guys would for some reason have two gauntlets on one hand (laughs) I'm like that's not right either but so I thought that was a bug but it turns out it's just like a really it's actually a miscommunication where like when you're assigning military uniform when you go into the list of what like what armor you want people to wear, it's like, oh, wear a chainmail shirt, wear armored leggings, wear wear a helmet. <laughs> but when it comes to like boots and gauntlets, you're like, wear a wear a boot. But uh, but like wear a boot doesn't actually mean wear a boot; it means wear two boots. <laughs> so right. if you put that command in there twice, like you'd think, where you're like, wear a boot, wear another boot, 
that actually tells them to wear four boots and then it just messes everything up. That's why they end up with like one or two on the same hand and stuff. Uh, okay, so you just have to say uh, wear a boot. Yeah, wear a hand. boot. Yeah, and it actually handles it correctly. A pair of boots. Yes, it works it out from there. Most RPG items have boots and well, one the, item. It's the same problem because it's like when you're when you're making boots, you put like you queue up the job to make a high boot and that makes a pair out of one action and one bar of metal it makes a pair makes sense. but then that is still two 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 items technically and those two items can become separated so like one guy could wear one of those boots and then another one from another pair it's, it's presumably because you wear them to, like even though they're, they're produced as a pair they modeled individually yeah they're doing... still attached to the individual body parts or yeah. whatever so they still need to be treated as a boot you I could guess. still get your one hand cut off yeah that happened to one way dwarfs pretty quickly as well <laughs> there was so I started playing it, and it's just like I. My main problem with Dwarf Fortress is I never get into military fast enough. So it always comes that there's like some goblin ambush or some big enemy that turns up, and I just don't have any military. And I'm like, well, fuck it, dogpile, because <laughs> 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 I never get there in time. And then, so yeah, that happened to me again in this case. And I was like, well, my woodcutter, he has an axe, I guess, and he happened to be in the vicinity. And I'm like, well, fucking charge it, and. Oh, no, actually, I guess the woodcutter did okay. It was just like one of the other guys in the vicinity who also piled on got one of his hands torn off <laughs> immediately. Although, luckily, now, because of the like massive rewrite to the medical system, that's not actually a terrible... It's not. A, it's like it's an actually recoverable injury. He's not <laughs> really? completely crippled. He can still operate. He can still... I think he's the brewer and the cook. So he, he can still cook and brew with one hand. Mm. Well, is, is that more of an update to the occupational system? Like, then they, they, they allow more one-handed jobs. Well, or? sort of. It's just because I mean, I mean, I guess technically, even in the old system, that would still have worked. Mm. It's just that probably it would have been an issue of like constant pain and stuff. It seems to handle that better now. Okay. Like once they've recovered, it's like they're not completely passing out all the time from pain. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a bit of a problem. So yeah, that's the main. But then the other trouble with that. One of the other things that got added since I last played was basically vampires. And vampires are a fucking giant problem. Like, in, basically in every Dwarf Fortress game that you play nowadays, you have to be prepared to deal with vampires at some point because inevitably at least one of your immigrant dwarfs will be a vampire in disguise. <laughs> and then they just fucking kill your, kill your dwarfs. It's like, if you don't notice, it's just like, oh, look, this guy was found dead. <laughs> Uh, mysteriously uh, or actually it's really obvious because it's like this guy was found dead drained of blood <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh okay then We're I think close. there might be a vampire around here somewhere <laughs> but then the trouble with that is there's not really shit all you can do about it because it's like whenever whenever it detects murder where like the justice system there's a special page for justice and it's like this guy was murdered and then because it's a vampire and it's like if they don't get caught in the act, it doesn't know who did it. So it's like, you can go to the crime and you can say, accuse someone, and then you can go through your list and just like, accuse a random person or whatever. Or if you know who the vampire is, you can actually just go there and be like, it was that guy. <laughs> I know that because I've got this extra information and I've worked it out. Mm. Or I saw him do it, but none of the actual dwarves did. Okay. But the trouble with that is that is that apparently the punishment for murder in dwarf society is not very stringent. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, oh, you get chained up for like 120 days. <laughs> And right. then you just go again, and then the vampire goes and kills some more people. Oh, cock. 
So you can't so change that. Yeah. So there's like there's not really any way, you even though you know he's a vampire and you've seen him kill people and you can accuse him specifically of these murderous crimes. So you can't tell a dwarf just to go say, "Hey, you go go kill this guy." No. Well, maybe. You, you'll then have 120 days of a murder charge. But <laughs> well, I don't know if you can do friendly fire nowadays with the modern with the modern military system. I don't know if there, if you can target your own dwarves. I was thinking about maybe if you stationed one of your military squads like in the sleeping chambers so they actually saw if if you catch them in the act normally it just like correctly you like your other dwarfs just correctly attribute the murder sure it's like they accuse the right person mm. but i was wondering if the mili- if it's if it's a military unit that's there whether they just instantly aggro or whatever oh, okay yeah that would be helpful so in, i doubt it <laughs> yeah probably not so in the end i was thinking up solutions where it's like well if he does it again and I can like accuse him of the crime and get him thrown in jail, I'll just build a specific jail cell for this purpose that is the only jail cell, so he'll definitely go there and then just wall it in. <laughs> I see. <laughs> to be like, fuck that guy. That makes sense. The, like, the trouble with that is, of course, that vampires like are basically immortal. It's like They don't need to eat or sleep or drink. <laughs> so, well, they don't even need the blood. No, technically they don't. It just makes them like worse. It's, like, it's the equivalent of, like, if dwarfs don't have booze, they get shitty hmm. at their jobs. So for vampires, it's the same with blood. They don't technically need it. They just become bad. Right. So I was just like, well, I could just wall him in. But then I realized the much, much easier solution, which which was conveniently meshed in with my military problems, where I was just like, when he's not doing his vampire thing and drinking blood, he still acts like a normal dwarf. And that means I can just put him in the military. So I sent him to the front. <laughs> He can just stand there and take on whatever the fuck comes. And if he dies, well, okay, then he's he's dead now. Hmm. That solves two problems. <laughs> and he died on the first first enemy that turned up. So I was like, problem solved. It's <laughs> <laughs> one way of getting rid of uh, killers. Yep. Just con- forced conscription. It's a shame, though, because he actually, being as, as he is a vampire, I guess one of the indicators of that is he has really good skills. Like, he has a lot of skills and they're high-leveled. So and how come he died straight away? Because I didn't give him any weapons or armor. Oh. <laughs> because I was trying to solve that problem more than the military. Problem. Right. I didn't want him to be good at military. I wanted him to die so he would stop. So he could stop killing all my other dudes. Right, makes sense. So can't you? Can't the vampires like turn other people, and so you can just have a vampire population? Well, that that would probably be really bad if they let them do that. I assume there is a way for that to happen because otherwise, I mean, it must happen during world gen. Mm. Like there must be a way. I presume it's to do with like they might. Mu- Presumably, the way he's programmed it is they must have like two modes where it's like the feeding mode where you don't, where you're just getting the blood but not doing anything, and the like conversion mode. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a thing, could you set up a system where your your vampires are your main guys and then you're farming other dwarfs? Well, it was the other thing that I was thinking about doing with him instead of just sealing him in a in a cell. I was thinking of using him as, using him as like a literal watchtower. Like, seal him in a cell, but seal him in a cell that has like fortifications so he can see out at my entrance. So mm. whenever there's an ambush, they'll have to walk past him and he'll see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the immortal watch guard. Yep, exactly. Behind all. Yeah, basically. Apart from a bastard. <laughs> you probably just won't raise the alarm, will you? Like, hey, guys, guys. Come on in. There's some guys selling some real sweet onions down here. Let them in, right? These are the best onions. I'm telling you. I'm not totally not a vampire. The other annoying thing about it was I was taking on a map where garlic grew naturally. And I was like, he shouldn't <laughs> be able to live here. <laughs> yeah. That's something else I hadn't seen since, since the last time I played Dwarf Fortress was the massive update to like plants and trees. 
So like now trees are actually like multi-square constructions rather than just a single icon. Oh, cool. So they like they have a trunk and then they have leaves and shit. And roots and stuff. Yeah, and roots. And you can actually see like the transition of the seasons. You can actually see it happening happening with the trees where it's like, oh, look, they've become flowers. And now all the cherry blossom is falling and making the ground white, white <laughs> in clouds. And then like all the leaves fall off and the cherries are on the floor and you can pick them up and harvest them. In Askia. Yep. Ridiculous. <laughs> and garlic growing out of the ground. Harvest it. Harvest the garlic. You can build step ladders if you want to harvest fruit while it's still on the tree. You can assign step ladders to your harvesting dwarves. Be like, go out there and climb out that tree and get all those cherries and shit. <laughs> cherries and apples and chestnuts and hazelnuts. And shit. Yep, and all that shit. So yeah, that's still ridiculous. That's still insanely detailed. Yep. <laughs> for no reason. So yeah, those fucking vampires are the big problem. Also, I think it's it's sort of been a problem of the of that rewrite where he introduced vampires and necromancers and the massive rewrite to all the forgotten beasts and stuff is that like the history of the world doesn't advance correctly any longer because it used to be that when you generated a new world there's a setting for what percentage of mega beasts have to be dead before it stops because mm. basically it always wants to have some left for the challenge but you, well, you can configure it or whatever. Yeah. And that's normally set to like 80%. So it's like 80% of the Forgotten Beasts have been killed. That never happens any longer. It almost always gets the year like 10,050, which is like the date cut off. Not 10,000, 1,050. 10,000 would take forever. <laughs> gets the year 1,050 and then stops, but it's still in the Age of Myth, which means like more than 75% of the Mega Beasts are still alive. Oh, jeez. Which really sucks when you're playing Fortress Mode, because uh, it's like, every month, here comes a new Mega Beast, or like a Cyclops, or an Etid, or something. It's like, that's really annoying. <laughs> Especially when you don't have a military. So something about the way the beasts... <laughs> They're just, like, more survivable, yeah. I guess. It's to do with, like, the new combat system and all that. It's much harder to kill a Mega Beast now, because they're just big. And that matters more. To do with, like, stabbing and... Shouldn't the beasts, attacks. like, fight each other? And maybe that's the problem. <laughs> You'd think that would help, but that probably doesn't kill very many of them, really. But they're just injured. Yeah, and then retreat. But then you'd have to fight injured ones, maybe. Maybe. Like, permanently injured, like, one-handed Etin. <laughs> yes, one-handed guy. Sasquatch with no legs. <laughs> just crawling towards your fortress. <laughs> yeah, that could definitely happen. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I did have a problem when, uh, like, after I'd fought this, I think it was an Essen and a Cyclops that I had on two consecutive months where that guy got his hand ripped off by one of them. <laughs> after I'd fought them, I was just, like, dumping everything to, into a big pile. But now you get a lot of job interruptions where it's like, You're, this dwarf, in, this dwarf, like, this dwarf interrupted his job, horrified. <laughs> like, basically, if you're seeing a giant pile of Ethan and Cyclops corpse, they could actually be horrified by that enough that it prevents them from doing whatever they, they were doing. No, so I was like, oh, I better put those corpses, like, somewhere else, like, out of the way, <laughs> where no one will see them. Does that mean that the people, the, the people doing the corpse moving could just... Yeah, go, they could, like, walk, they, they'll get assigned the job to move the corpse, walk up there and be like, fuck! <laughs> and then just leave. <laughs> nice. That's so good. The Assassin's Creed needs to learn the the uh, capability for their crowd dynamics to just walk up to shit and go fuck, <laughs> fuck this shit. Yep, that's a weird message. Horrified, horrified, and that obviously goes into their thoughts. The fort screen is are like a bit more explicit now. Like the <laughs> no, really, <laughs> <laughs> well the actual actual like positive and negative words are like highlighted. 
So oh, it, makes, cool. it makes it easier to see where it's like, this okay. guy is happy on average because more of his thoughts are happy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's helpful. That was another, that's another way you can detect vampires. If you go and look in their thoughts and preferences, you'll see where, where it normally says they need booze to get through the working day and provided you have booze, there's always a, never a message there that says they haven't had any booze recently. Whereas vampires, because they need blood, it, if they, even if they've been drinking booze recently, that doesn't get rid of that message where they're like, he needs drink to get through the working day. It's like, yeah, but not the drink that I'm making. Uh, <laughs> mm, you can spot them that way. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Poor Fortress. Game is amazing. Yeah. Apparently there's been quite a lot of... Uh, we meant, I mentioned this last time, but I didn't actually know until I'd read about it, but apparently there's been quite a lot of advancement in like the visualizers and stuff. That's mm. what I heard. Like They can run more simultaneously now. And there's there's basically launchers and shit that will manage that for you. Like launch everything at the same time and configure your windows. So it's like, here's the half of the visualizer and here's the half of the actual game. <laughs> Fancy shit like that. But fuck that noise, I'll just do it myself. I'll just play hardcore. I use my tile set that I still have. Do you use any kind of tile set? No, all I have is I made a tile set that's basically a a hundred and fifty percent size of the default. Just so you can see a bit better. Yes, because it's like you can do it through configuration. You can just have it multiplied by two, but you can only do like full digit steps, and two is too big. So I was like, well, I need a 1.5. So I just made it myself. <laughs> I just went into Photoshop, took the original file, scaled it up by one and a half, and then pixelated it to make it look a bit smoother. <laughs> and I was like, there's my tile set. I'm done. <laughs> That's good enough. All I need is letters and icons. Don't need any of these fancy graphics. It would take fancy graphics to get me a photo <laughs> and a proper interface. Yeah, I've been getting back into the interface. This was... There's, Every time there's a new bit, it's like, here's another layer of ridiculous... The military menu is just completely insane. It's like, it's got... Basically, it's got tabs. So you go, hit the military menu, and it brings up this full-screen thing, and then it's like, here's all the different letters you have to go to each of the individual tabs of the military menu, and then you're scrolling up and down lists in each of these <laughs> menus. <sighs> yeah. It's pain. How many fucking tabs are there in the military view? There's like seven. It's like... Assign the squads. Assign the squads' uniforms. Assign the squads' actual weaponry, and then like assign their schedule, and then make new schedules so you can assign different squads to different schedules. How? And knowing nothing about how this game is made, <laughs> yeah. How difficult do you reckon it would be? Like, say the guy got, got approached by an actual publisher or development studio to say, "Look, we love what you're doing, but this would be better if we made it into a you know a, a, a more accessible game." I think he probably already has been. <laughs> Several times. It's like, you can carry on doing your thing, but can we use what you have as a basis and we'll pay you shit tons of money? Well, that's why he does, like, That's why he always says that he's never made any attempts to make the interface better, is because he doesn't. He, he's always worried about like making more work in the future, where it's just like, if I, if, I, if I make the interface better now, when I add something in the future, I'll have to make the interface better again because I'll have to go back and rewrite the whole interface. So I might as well wait until I've added everything and then do the interface for everything. Sure. <laughs> Which is great if Which you're ever going gonna... to get to that point. No, it's, no, it's never going to happen. Because he keeps changing everything and rewriting. Has he got a big list? What's the next on his list? I don't know what's next. Well, I mean, he's still uh, he's finished poetry and now he's working on dancing. So we're still in that part of the <laughs> mechanism. The arts. Yes. How are you gonna, what, is dancing going to be like, it's going to describe a choreography or something? Presumably. Yeah. He also did... Take a take a step forward, take a step back, slide to the left, slide to the right. Yeah, exactly. Cha-cha real smooth. 
You take your left hand, you take your right hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you put hands in your head, and then you do the migraines gag. <laughs> yeah, I'm really hoping that's what that's going to turn out like. <laughs> so you do the migraines gag. But then the guy who's got his arm cut off can't do them. Yeah, exactly. Steps. Well, he could technically take his right hand with his left hand. <laughs> yeah. If he can find it, wherever it went. <laughs> you take your left stump, <laughs> you take your right hand. Put both stumps on your head. His hand's somewhere in that pile of bodies with the edit and the other one. Yeah. It's just like pull that out of it. I wonder if the I wonder if a hand horrifies. I wonder if you're like I wonder if it's like a uh, probably because it's War Fortress. I wonder if, I would imagine that's probably like a a re, like cons, co- constitution or something, like a re, like a rating of your doors, so it's like how how easily horrified they are by corpses. Or body parts. Yeah. <laughs> I have noticed that there's like there's one one of my starting seven dwarfs is incredibly weak. You can tell because he carries shit really slowly yeah. <laughs> compared to everyone else. Do the body parts and corpses rot, or do they just stay there forever? They rot, and then you get a skeleton. All right, and then that stays there forever, provided you don't use it for anything. Can't use dwarf body parts though, apart from in certain very specific cases. You can get the skeleton of the part of the hat. Yeah, it's like here's the hand skeleton. A fully consistent hand skeleton. Somehow. It hasn't fallen apart at all. Hand bones. Yep. Damn bones, damn bones, damn hand bones. So yeah, that's that. And that's it. I haven't played any Guild Wars. Things I haven't been playing. It's because there hasn't been any patches happening. Now that they're waiting for the, you know, the next, whatever you call it, expansion. Sweet. That's Zach. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I suppose we played some Team Fortress at one point. <laughs> say that about any time ever. Yeah. I suppose I did play more of that one than we played at some point. Mm. Nothing's changed. I've been I... playing uh, Homeworld Remastered. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's been my gaming what, of late. What is that like? It's good. It's Homeworld. Have you some played people Homeworld? say it's bad. Probably fans of the originals. Yeah. Some people say the remaster of one doesn't have the same because well, it's more the like engine, two. It's yeah, more like two. Yeah. two, so it doesn't have the correct like maneuvering options and stuff mm. to properly arrange your fleet. Like, yeah, you the uh, the kind of formation stuff isn't that great, but I don't remember it from one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I played you don't, one. You don't care. Yeah, so I don't really care. But <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, well, I think the formation's cool, but then. They get split up really easily. Like, like it's fine when the initial attack run or whatever. Like, it's probably worth putting them in wall formation or putting them in like sphere formation if they're guarding something. Well, that kind of thing just helps you manage the three D space initially. Yeah, right? a little it's like bit. you want everyone to be in range. So if you <laughs> right, you can make them yeah. all in a line. That will help. Yeah, the pack has the classic versions as well, though, right? It does. Yeah. Do they run okay on modern machines? Oh, I didn't they? even click on them. Okay. The new ones look so good. <laughs> as long as they made the old ones like run on modern machines. Oh, they did. Yeah. Surely, like. They can go and play the old ones. Not sure that's how that works. No, I'm sure not. Yeah. You want to play it in nice-looking mode? Oh, oh no! Wait, you'll have to come back to me. I just thought of something. Okay, I, I thought of two things actually. Oh, wow! Come back to me. Talk about Homeworld. <laughs> Talk about Homeworld some more. So I'm playing Homeworld One, the remastered version, which is more like Homeworld Two, as you say. Yeah. Um, but I'd never played that one because I'd only ever played two, and I'd forgotten. Like, I think when I played two before, I got like stuck. 
at one point. I don't think there's a difficulty select on any of these games. Well, right. I, I think, think that, was, that was true of a lot of games I played of that era. They'd like, get like a few missions in and then get to a point where it's just like, wow, this is crazy hard. Well, it's like... RTS has never really had difficulty in the old days because it wasn't really something that you could do. No, that easily. you could change, no. yeah. But I yeah. mean, I know it's not the same, but I had that problem with both the Battlezone games, one and two. You'd get like a few, oh, yeah. and you'd think, this is fantastic, I'm having a great time. And then you'd suddenly get to a mission where it was impossibly difficult. Yeah. And you'd be like, wow, this, this difficulty spike is insurmountable for someone like me. And it's like, you just go off the rest of the game. Man, I've forgotten about Battlezone 2. That's crazy. They were great games. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, you just get to that difficulty spike and you'd be like, oh, fuck this shit. But it's yeah. like that happened in Team uh, Total Annihilation. TA, TA wasn't so bad. Well, there that. was a couple of... It was a, There was that mission where you start... It was the first mission where you teleport onto a, onto one of the oceanic planets and you start on a tiny island and there's enemy ships start patrolling around your tiny island and just because they're ships, they have ridiculous... They can shoot your whole island and they have ship guns. Mm. That was a real pain in the ass. You had to, like, super rush it to be able to actually get defences up in time. I had that problem in the first C&C game. Right, yeah. That, that, would, that just was... A- you, know, you reach a point. Yeah, there were definite spikes in that. Red Alert wasn't so bad for that. I thought Red Alert got the curve much smoother. But... Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's it's just a sort of classic RTS campaign problem that I'm not sure anyone ever really or you ever could solve. I suppose unless you had branching paths and so yeah, that kind of stuff. Maybe Total War does it because it's not so. Mm, yeah, well, that has that has a more easy way to control difficulty, where it's like because the armies are like huge numbers, they can just be like, yeah, we can just shuffle those numbers down a bit, yeah. make the enemies have slightly yeah. fewer. Just yeah. them. So I don't know how well the homeworld missions are actually ported to the homeworld two engine or whatever, because I can't really say, but it, they seem to be pretty close from what I can tell. Mm. Um, and I've forgotten that homeworld actually has sort of a cool story going on, which is quite nice because usually a lot of RTS stories are pretty generic. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is quite nice. Um, but I have a lot of problem with like the um, those mission structure being like, it'll be like, okay, here's your objective, do this thing, like send a probe out here. And what you really need to do is don't do that until you've built up your forces, for example. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like, you really need to play the mission twice and, and know ahead of time what's going to happen. Which is uh, yeah. annoying. I think it's like old game design. That is quite, cla- that is quite classic. Oh, we're going to surprise you with this, and then it's about yeah. you dealing with it. But then, of course, you, no one does. No one does exactly because they've like pre-thought out, and it's really it's actually quite hard to get it right the first time. Often, so like, but I haven't been worrying about that. I've been like, well, I know this is going to happen, so I'm going to, okay, sure. and maybe I can preempt it by like ignoring what they tell me to do immediately when I warp in and like getting a bit more set up mm. for things so that was my initial impression because that happens in like the first mission you're like they're like go over here and check out this thing and you're like oh shit i haven't got any forces this is like not good i sent just a scout because they told me yeah. to just go here so i went there and it's like oh shit i mean generally i think it's quite it seems to be quite good to see how much you can get away with mining without triggering any kind of vent <laughs> that's another uh, classic maneuver <laughs> And actually, I quite like the the actual mining is actually quite fun to watch, unlike in all other RTSs. Like, the way they manoeuvre is pretty cool, and the way they, they always, like, perfectly manoeuvre and, like, connect to the refinery oh, or cool. to the mothership, yeah. and the way they, you know, and actually <laughs> mine. The, 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 I don't know what happened in the original, but the asteroids, like, when they're mining the asteroid, it kind of glows with cracks and fissures. There's, no, like, me. a light coming out of an asteroid. It looks super cool. In fact, generally, it looks super awesome, especially on my big screen. The interface is the Homeworld 2 interface, and it's 
pretty good. In fact, no, I think it's. I think looking at screenshots of Hub One Two, it's actually that it's, it's even more pared down, but it gives you all okay. the same information, yeah. so it's nicer. And you can actually scale it, but you can't scale it down. You can scale it up. Oh, okay. Which right. is probably worth it on a four K screen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but <laughs> uh, there's some things like. I, maybe there is an option, but I can't. What I would like is a way to because you can make control groups, you know, just like in Command and Conquer or whatever, where you control two, control three, sure. whatever, Classic and you basically game. have to use that. Um, but what I would like a way to see, like, diagrammatically see all my ships and types and be able to select all the t- all the ships of one class, all the ships of one type. Okay, yeah. And you can't do that. You have to like manually find them and assign them to a group. So I have to remember. Oh, my fighters are on. One and then my Corvette. Was that one of the things Halo Wars did with its controls? Like, <laughs> Probably you know, all you know, units. Other than going, oh, units, yeah, yeah. you could bring up a menu and say, pick all the, all the whatever the pick all the uh, water. Yeah, it's a weird example to choose, but there you know, there's other games that have done it. Yeah, okay. I mean, like um, fucking that RTS that we played. Oh, World of Conflict. World of Conflict. Yeah, yeah I suppose that, that does do it. it. Yeah. You could just double click on the icon from a type of unit and it selects them all. Yeah. Not that there's that many units That's what in I mean. World of Conflict. You, know, you, That's you, the thing. you only had a few a few units to deal with in World of Conflict, didn't you? You didn't have like a horde of stuff. So yeah, that would be useful. Maybe you can double click, I need to look. But the actual little logos for the ships, um, you know, when you select them, you see you get little icons for them. Mm. And and um, it, they have quite a good symbolic um uh um thing for the different classes like fighters are triangles corvettes are squares whatever okay, going up. so that's quite good because you can see that at a glance like because it has configuration which you can cycle through using tab which is like how far away something needs to be before it like puts the little icon around it so when you're oh, on the okay. default one when uh, you're up close yeah. you can just see the thing but when you zoom out or if you see them in the distance it's got the like It'll color with, swap to the icon yeah then. Yeah, well, you, it's around, so you can still actually see the ship. Sure. It's just like, you get that. That's quite good. Oh, I see, so it's not actually like a little little dot or something. No, it's a, like the, I don't know, the old FIFA-style yeah, like, yeah. player selector type thing. So it's around them. So that's pretty cool. Mm. But you, but when you actually have them selected, it shows what you've got selected in the bottom left-hand corner. But those are like side-on like, drawings of the ships, and they're not necessarily that distinctive, which uh, is slightly okay. annoying. Yeah. But maybe you can just double-click and select all of that type. That would be really useful, because currently I'm like making a group for all fighters, and then if I want two groups of fighters, I ha- I'm making another two, another group each. Okay. So I've got one that inclu- So you can overlap groups. Yeah. So yeah. I've got one that includes all of them and one that includes the part that I'm sending to the left and the part that I'm sending to the right or Mm. up. And I am actually using the 3D space a little bit. It does actually work. Like, you go up above and then they don't see you and you can come in behind them and stuff. Because they do have some kind of range of detection and stuff. Oh, sure. And actually, the um, resources and stuff is spread somewhat in 3D space. There is some stuff surprisingly high up relative to the plane of where you warp in, Mm. uh, which is kind of cool. Um, so you, you do you do end up going in crazy diagonal lines all over the place, which looks super cool. Um, so yeah, I'm not doing too badly. I've discovered that the kind of scavenger ships that like it, take, it takes like a couple of them to grab an enemy ship and like take it to your ship and divert it to your side. Oh, right. but they're quite OP, I right. think. Uh, they get destroyed quite easily, but if you manage to get them to sneak up basically behind, you can like grab. Once grabbed, are they like effectively like incapacitated? Or yeah, anything? pretty much. It doesn't seem to matter 
they, it seems to incapacitate them almost immediately once they've docked on, mm-hmm. and then they need to be towed back, so they're vulnerable in that state. Yeah. But if you tow, if you do it simultaneously and you attack, say there's four uh, frigates, you can take them all at once. Pretty take much. the two rear ones while yeah. the front guys deal with acts as a distraction, I suppose. Exactly. In fact, distraction tactics actually works quite well. You can use little decoy guys and like get people to try and follow you and stuff. <laughs> they have like a, a, a stances, you know, you can put them on aggressive or on or on passive. Oh, okay, so you just put a guy on passive and let him do a little patrol and try yeah. and lead the enemy to your ambush. Yeah. So th- That's neat. That surprisingly works. Considering there's no real terrain, that stuff actually works quite nicely. And, um, yeah, and I was like, I got, I, it took me a while to get used to the classes and stuff, because at first I was like, well, I'll build some interceptors or whatever to, to destroy. But then they were, like, totally evenly matched with the enemy and getting half destroyed every time mm. I fought them. And then, and then even in, like, that first mission, serious mission, I was like, okay, let's wait. And I ended up, like, researching corvettes, and they're just more, more effective. So I just use mm. heavy corvettes instead of fighters, and it's like, well, I need to work out what... What the actual balance is, what, what, what the fighter is more useful for. Exactly. Yeah, they're faster, but, I mean, you've got scouts if you need, like, speed of for reconnaissance, mm. which are, like, ship fighters, basically. So I don't really... I haven't really found the niche for fighters. Bombers, I guess, I haven't quite got to yet with, you know, launching torpedoes and stuff. Can you sort of basically use fighters as, like, a like a meat shield, almost? Like, you just put them in front of your heavy-duty ships to act as some sort of way to stop fire coming through, or...? Uh, I don't know, maybe. They just get crushed, though. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm getting some, like, frigates and stuff now. And there's, like, repair... Support frigates do repairs quite well, so... So that's quite useful. Um, And you can repair the captured stuff. Oh, of course. Um, And, yeah, it looks really cool. Like, when you've got, like... Although, I've had it glitch up a bit where you have them in formation and guarding someone. Sometimes they don't fly straight. Like, they they sort of... um, one of them in the middle of the formation is flying straight and the rest of them are like really tilted upwards or glitching or something. That looks really weird. Because generally it looks super awesome even when you're looking. You Because you can pan, pan the camera around and then if you middle click on something, on anything, you can like hook your view to it without selecting it. Oh, cool. If you want. Mm-hmm. So you can like look at, at enemy ships and stuff. So you generally don't really like pan the around the battlefield in the traditional way. You certainly don't do the... The mouse to the edge of the screen thing. Oh, sure, I've, yeah, I've even yeah. turned that off. But even using whoever my, does that, well, no, no, it's always error, turns that off. Arrow keys. Well, the first thing I did was like rebind the keys so that it, the arrow keys were moved to WASD, and then sure. th- the things that were on WASD had to be bound to like shift versions of those because okay. there was like W is for waypoints, S is for uh, stop, right. stuff like that. But I did that, and that seems to work fine. Um, there's a thing called military selection where you can like make it so that when you click and drag over everything, it only selects the, the actual military ships rather than your like harvesters and stuff. Hmm, that's cool. So you can like idea. quickly grab everyone and yeah. and in, in fact, when you're when you're aiming at something to shoot, generally you like control drag and drag over a bunch of ships to shoot at rather than try and pick because they're moving quite quickly, so it's quite hard to like say shoot that guy sometimes. Yeah. So that's quite useful. Um, but yeah. Playing Homeworlds. Homeworlds. Uh, it stopped you from playing Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah, well, it just looks so cool. I like Spaceship. Mm. And I'm glad, I'm, and it seems like a really nicely done remaster, although I can't speak to the insane fans of the original. But maybe it'll be better 
just playing Hemwell too. Yeah, maybe when you get to, maybe when you get to it, some of it will make more sense or something. Or yeah, I mean, I could skip straight to two, but but why would you want to get the value out of the package, right? That's true. It seems yeah. to be it seems to be working on one. So so cool. Good to hear. Do you reckon this is like a precursor to thinking about doing a three or? Mm, I don't know. It's Gearbox who did the the redo, mm. and it seemed like they had a whole bunch of Homeworld devs doing it. Okay. So, so I'm sure there's a lot of passion for it, but I can't see them doing it anytime soon because it's a bit niche, really. Well, um, like like a lot of RTS, I suppose these days. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's even more. It's more more niche than like a StarCraft, or whatever. Just because it's got that weird 3D ness about it. And sure. Stuff. Yeah. But that's what makes it stand. That's out, what makes right? it cool. Yeah. yeah. Because what we got these days, you got Total War still holding it up with yeah. Attila. Um, it's not an RTS, but I guess you know Civ kind of falls into that same sort of player in a way. I guess um, you got what well, this the Homeworld comeback, so we can count that. And then what else you got really in that space that's active, yeah. like apart from StarCraft? I guess you've got Grey Goo. I guess I mean, I mean technically the. Um... The Dota type games are what they're called. I suppose yeah. are kind of an- the ancestors of those are RTS yeah. games, but they're totally different at this point. Mm. Mobas, yeah, it's not yeah. really the same. Not really. Same. I'd love to see something like World of Conflict come back. Mm. Yeah, because the, cause the way that played is kind of unique. That was a cool game. Yeah, it was an awesome game. But yeah, but yeah, I'm pleased it exists. Really pleased. Mm. Uh, it looks really nice, and um, I just like spaceships. So spaceships, spaceship. Because it's cool when you, you know. You, I mean, it's very. It's probably really easy to re. I mean, the textures are really nicely done up, which mm. is probably the most important part. But then, of course, they've redone all the lighting and everything. And of course, because there's not much going, they're not that many. You can have hundreds of ships, and like compared to an actual sure, environment, yeah. there aren't that many polygons. So it's cool that like you get dynamic shadows, and when the small fighters like pass in front between the sun and like a huge capital ship, you get all the cool shadows. Oh, and nice! And it's like it looks awesome. That's a nice bit of detail. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't quite got to using heavy beam weapons. I've got these iron frigates and they do do a beam and like the beam cast the right reflections and stuff. Oh, awesome. the shits and stuff. It looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so. I've got to, I should go check out, see what that looks like in action. Actually. I hope they, I need to look into it, but I hope that, that someone will do, because I, I remember there being a, I can't remember how much there was to it, but there was a nice Battlestar Galactica mod for Homeworld 2, so maybe they'll do, oh, okay. maybe they'll they'll do one for the, for the remastered. Because honestly, I prefer that giant battle star that's flat rather than the ho- the weird homeworld the mothership, which is things, like a big they? fin. Yeah. Well, no, it's just that one ship that's the big fin that's like the focus of everything. Okay. Uh, but I, I, the other ship designs I really like. In fact, generally, they're really nicely done. They look super cool, with, like nice flashing lights mm-hmm. and stuff on them. Homeworld, recommend. Yeah. Probably have to talk about that again. <laughs> yeah, 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 we talk about that again because that's going to take a while. Cool. But yeah. No, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's a sort. Let's of, say it's a sort. Of, it's not a game you come. We we really take tackle very often. So it's yeah. Good to hear. Yeah, you should check it out, Zach. I think you'd be into it. Mm. Unless you're a purist, a homeworld purist. You didn't play the original, no. did you? No. No. Yeah. You'd probably get through it really quickly, though. Yeah. Speaking of old games redone. They fixed Master Chief Collection. <laughs> Did they? It works. I've played it. I've played multiplayer. Wow. That doesn't mean they fixed it. Well, <laughs> it means it worked that one time. It was a, yeah, I played a good session. Yeah. I, I tried a number of playlists, both ranked 
you know, the remastered Halo Two stuff, and the uh, and you know, I, I played. I, I, the only one I haven't played around in is Halo Four. So I played. I played quite a bit of CE um, and, and quite a bit of Halo Two Classic, and a couple of rounds of Halo Three um, Classic, and they all hold up surprisingly well. Nice. Um, playing. This is the first time I've played like the original Halo multiplayer, and it is bonkers crazy. Like it's just it's wildly unbalanced, but that makes it hilariously good fun. Because it's just like first thing you do whenever you spawn is well get rid of your assault rifle and switch to the pistol, uh, and then as soon as you see anyone, throw all your grenades and shoot them in the face. And that's pretty much like no one cares about any other guns in that no. mode. It's just like it's pistols and grenades, and it's and it's great fun. Um, yeah, it still holds up. It's it's pretty cool. Um, as does all the other modes in classic Slayer mode. But this is where I hit the first problem with this. People are annoying. <laughs> That's the trouble with people. Well, because every time I've tried to play a game on Halo 2 Remastered mode, which looks and sounds great, by the way, like the, the multiplayer stuff that is it's properly nice looking and, and handling, especially the way grenades now explode with this, like sparks everywhere. It's fucking awesome. But... My biggest problem with it is that every time I've been in a, in a, in a game where the, the room now lets you pick what map and what game type, it gives you a selection of three options, basically. It's like, do you want to play this map with this game type, or this map with this game type, or this map with this game type? Everyone always picks whatever option is labelled as Slayer Battle Rifle. Right. And in actual fact, in the older games especially, that is not a fun way to play those games. Like, I don't like Halo 2 BR mode. Halo 2, if you're going to play Halo 2, you need to play Halo 2 swap mode, where headshots are insta-kill, rather than the sort of weird, I don't know, BR versus BR in Halo 2 never felt precise. And that it's like, you know, because of the way the gun slightly spreads mm-hmm. and, you know, that the, the damage zones are really important in Halo, that if you just miss one headshot for instance, you're probably going to die. You're going to be the one that loses it. It's, it's not as fun as just playing Halo 2 in its normal Vanilla state, yeah, and it's yeah. normal vanilla state, and this is proving a problem for me because I find it very hard to get into a game that isn't a BR game because no one's fucking picking it. And it's like I am the outlier on this, I guess, because obviously it's always again the vote always goes against what I want. So the people have spoken, I suppose, but that for me that is super annoying because I can't play the game how I remember it being. Mm. Because the core the core experience was why I fell in love with Halo Two, um, and it's I can't do that. Damn it! And it's like so it may work, but people are annoying. <laughs> Need to get some man parties going. Yeah. So or, you know, just put SWAT into the mix and get rid of the normal BR mode, and I'll be happy. Like, but then I guess everyone will be picking SWAT because it's the most COD like. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but it all works. I haven't had a problem since the last patch, and it's 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 all happy. Well, I say I haven't had a problem. I think although matchmaking now works, if you're playing ranked, I think the balance is properly fucked. Mm. I've been on in many a game where I've been on a team of like because uh, I'm still rank one, um, but it seems to put me with other rank low ranked people on my team, and the other team be like forty seven. Right. Or something ridiculous like that. The way it balances the teams just seems non-existent to the point where it seems it's like it's actually trying to unbalance the game, and it's like, and that's no fun either. So, I, yeah, it, I'm glad that it's working, but 
there's yeah a couple of couple of issues there that sort of just really put me off the whole thing, which is a shame. Oh, and also loading times for the new remastered stuff are pretty epic. It's like you know if if, if it wasn't for the vote, if the vote bit wasn't there and it was just dropping people into a random match, I think I'd well prefer that because mm-hmm. it would force people to play more of the different game types. Mm-hmm. And it would have given them an opportunity to perhaps think about doing background load because that stuff would have already been decided um, while the game is setting up. Mm. Um, so the, the, the time spent between games is too long as a result. And that's no good. That's no good. But at least it now works. You know? Yeah. You've got you to you roll with it a little. Should have worked when it came out, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to fix the plasma pistol. <laughs> yeah, that's that's still that still does the annoying sound glitch. I tried that out as well. It still stays on. <laughs> Cut. Oh, and I was I was playing some more to single player of Halo One to try and go skull hunting. And uh, I'm glad I'm reading a guide for that stuff because like, I would never have found some of them. Really obscure places that you have to like do a super dodgy grenade jump to, or um, the, like prepare your run so you've got like a rocket launcher and an overshield in the right place so you can rocket jump to places, stuff like that. I would have never figured those out. I mean, it's it's it, again, it's another thing I suppose that points to Halo being just a little too hardcore. I think like the way it's designed just is a little too much for the little too in favour of the. Obsessive. Hmm. Um, so yeah, Halo. Uh, and the other thing, very quickly, I want to say, Blur still holds the fuck up, man. Mm-hmm. That's a game. We, we play, I played that in four-player mode, and it works amazingly well. Like, four-player split-screen, no slowdown, very little, if any, graphical downgrade on the 360. Mm. Great bloody game. Still, still maintain my stance on that. It's a great bloody game. Come on, bizarre. Yeah, it's a shame you got shut down. Buy on PC, then we can play it. I don't think you can get it on Steam anymore. Really? Yeah, I think it's dropped off the Steam store. Don't know why. No. Last time I checked, it still worked on whatever servers they're running on. I guess I don't know what that bounces off. Yeah, there's probably places I can get it, but yeah, you can't buy it off Steam anymore. Frustratingly. So yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry for taking up more of your precious time. <laughs> no, Papalo, it's all good. We're coming towards the end of this podcast. No. Oh wow, we're actually well ish. <laughs> Typically, I started this. I always forget to actually start it because I'm in the middle of doing my <laughs> intro. Oh, okay. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's not far. We probably only lost what thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, podcast over. Yeah. Welcome to season six, people. Indeed. Check out our new, as you already have done, theme music <laughs> for the start of season six. <laughs> Remember what you heard two hours ago. Well, you're going to get a little sting of it, maybe. Yeah, I haven't thought how I'm going to do that. Well, maybe, <laughs> or maybe yeah. we'll just repeat the whole thing for you right now, this time around. <laughs> just so you can you can bask in the new theme tune, and then next time we'll have a nice... Uh, uh, satisfying true version. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Beer. Just cut, cut it to that bit. Beer. Beer. <laughs> Might be a bit solid. But didn't people like have problems with like when I did the very sudden endings before? It was just, I like, had problems with that. I was just like, bah! <laughs> yeah, we need to smooth it down. The piano wasn't so bad, right? Yeah, I guess. Ding! It was all good. Right. Thanks for joining us, listeners. 
Uh, catch us next week for, or in two weeks' time, as always. I always say, what have you been playing this week? And what I mean is the Fortnite. Well, yeah, what have you been playing in the catch last us... time since the last cast we did? Yeah, you? catch us next Fortnite for more. And in the meantime, watch out for videos of some kind. Always new videos. Check out happysalad.net. Sonic Adventure went up to, like, yesterday. Yeah, those ones are very entertaining, so I highly recommend <laughs> checking those out if you have a spare way too much time to waste watching people play a crappy video game. It's like over an hour of Knuckles. <laughs> Great job. Cut that out. It's the end. <laughs> the end. Bye. Bye.